0: If you rang in the new year with someone special and you're starting a new chapter in your relationship in 2023, Indochino can help you look your best on your big day. With their huge variety of customizable details and fabrics, Indochino lets you design your own unique look from made-to-measure blazers and suits to a custom, portrait-worthy tuxedo, all with no tailor necessary. Shop online to set up your measurement profile and choose your fabric and customizations. Or, if you prefer an in person experience, book an appointment at an Indochino showroom to work with an expert style guide. Then, sit back while your suit is made for you and delivered straight to your door. Suits start just $449, and premium fitted shirts start at $89. So, if you're ringing in 2023 with wedding bells, plan your custom look with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code NEWCHAPTER to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O dot com. Promo code new chapter. Still WD-40 can get in there and lube us up for tonight's show because
1: you always want to go into a, a show really smooth. There's Dirty Filth, Beelze Brad. How are you? Sensational Sherry. Nice to see you. And Yosef uh, Yanni. Welcome back, buddy. Aunt Edna, Deb from SAC. Good to see you, ladies. And uh, I think we're almost caught up here. We're running out of time, but I think we're almost caught up. Doubleday Clemens, how are you? The AR Perspective, good to see you. Mitchell Darling, thanks for coming on in. And Blue Cruise, good to see you. We are officially caught up. Hello, the gorgeous Heather McIntyre. See you in Vegas in a few short months. Yes, our fan party coming up May 19th through 21st, 2023. Check the banner down below. We got the info right there that you have to confirm with us. Info at spacedoutradio.com. We want to see you all there. Hi, lovely Linda Thompson. Good to see you. We got 20 seconds. There's Bill WD40 coming on in, and Ravishing Ronnie is in there as well. Good to have you both here on the Spreaker side. And we are 10 seconds away from launch. Kathy Diane is our guest tonight. We're going to get into it. Let's drop the gloves on the channeling and the soul family, man. Horns up. Let's rock. Hey, hey, hey. From the mountains of Central British Columbia to you listening around the world, this, my friends is faced out radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, Talk Stream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at spaced out radio, Instagram at spaced out radio show. And on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot. Read the newswire. Check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. We got a very talented show for you tonight. Author Kathleen Diane is here. We're going to talk about reincarnation, the soul family channeling from her perspective that led to her brand new book before we were born. Then in hour number three, we're going to head to the swamp, bring you another story from the swamp dweller. Little Timmy Senor is back for the UFO report and we'll try and shuffle in some news as well. About a decade ago, Kathleen Reddy Diane was working as a lawyer and writing in her spare time. Some personal losses led to her going on this spiritual journey that ultimately resulted in her being able to channel the spirits of her loved ones and also spirit guides and teachers. The information she received changed her perspective and her life. She left the practice of law to write before we were born based on the principles she has learned. She's got a great website where you can find her book. Go to Kathleen Ready Diane, that's D-A-Y-A-N for Diane, and put a little .com on the end of that just to sew things up. And we're glad to have her here. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us on Spaced Out Radio for the first time. How are you, my friend?
2: Oh, I am wonderful. Thanks so much for having me on. And hello, everybody. You know what? I I found
1: after reading your bio and everything that you and I are kind of on a little bit of a, even though we're on different paths, the same journey with the channeling and, and the spirituality, because that's how it all started for me back in 2011. Huh. And for you, you know, the the sudden loss and, and trying to figure everything out, we're going to get deep into that here coming on up. But for you, Kathy, did you, I mean, growing up, going to school, becoming a lawyer, I mean, when you talk about a lawyer, you don't really think of spirituality, intuition, channeling, and and all this crazy woo.
2: Yeah, you're right. It's, it's a different track. Um, when I was growing up, I was always interested in, anything spiritual even when i was a really small child um, i was raised in the catholic church and at the time i was really just very interested in all these little little books that i used to carry around and read and um, i thought i was going to be a priest when i grew up and then i found out that i couldn't be a priest because i was female which was shocking to me um, i was i'm one of five girls And I grew up in a household where we were, my parents were the original feminists and anything a boy could do, we could do. And, uh, you know, so I was very shocked to hear that that was not going to be my calling in life. Um, but you know, I did, I, I left the Catholic church very young. I was not interested once I started understanding, um, you know, some of their, um, the rules that they, you know, were, um, the structure of the church, and I uh, just sort of started off on my own path. Even as a as a young woman, just interested in other things. Even as a you know middle schooler, that kind of thing. Um, I was kind of like a wild youth, so I teenage years were you know off the charts. Um, I found that I was um, I I got I ended up getting sober when I was twenty six. So I'm a recovering alcoholic.
1: Congratulations. And I bring that up
2: because, yeah, thank you very much. It's, you know, it's been a good path, you know. And um, since that, after I stopped drinking, I noticed is I was having um, little kind of like dreams. But these th- I think of them now as visions or as lucid dreams where um, right at that moment when you're falling asleep, uh, maybe you can relate. Um, You had to get these flashes of things. And I started having these recurring flashes of things that I've come now to believe were uh, past lives. So that was, you know, I believe that the alcohol was blocking a channel that was there all along. And that once I started, um, you know, being on the the sobriety path and also really turning to a higher power as a way of um, sustaining that sobriety, I think that's that brought me back on path to um you know to my spirituality
1: at any time did you look at yourself and wonder if you were losing it, going crazy you know in, in your path because I know I did I know that many mm-hmm. others who've gone down this road have as well for you how How did you figure out that this was a reality and not some sort of psychosis?
2: I tell you what Dave I thought the exact same thing and um my husband and I have always, you know, experienced these spiritual things together. We're both very interested. And from the first night I met him, that's what we were talking about. And so we pursued all these spiritual communications together and I was often coming to him and saying, what is happening? What in the world do you think is happening? Because it is, um, it's a shocking thing to get to the point where you're actually channeling another person's thoughts. Uh, I know you can relate to that to some level. Um, it didn't happen to me right away there was it it came over you know a period of years where I was meditating and really with the intention of communicating and I had various uh, experiences with different forms of uh, mediumship. but when it got to the point where I was actually channeling, yes, I was asking those questions and um, it really just came back to my own intuition and really distrusting my own spirit and knowing and trusting the spirit who was talking to me as being, you know, a loving uh, being. And I could feel them if it were, if it were my uh, family members, it felt like them, you know, and the words they were using or words that they would have used. Does now, that
1: make sense? Yeah, it, it makes total sense. And, and, you know, the idea that here you are, having your own spiritual awakening, did you know what that meant? Had you known people who had gone through this before to help guide you? Or were you all alone in this process?
2: I was mostly alone in it. So um, what had happened is I'll tell you a little bit of the background. Um, One of my sisters passed away quite suddenly. And after she passed, it it was maybe three months afterward, I had this, again, it was a dream, but it was a lucid dream. I had this, during this dream, I was, I could see myself in, in my bed and she came over and she sat on the bed next to me. And now at the same time I could see her, um, I could also see the conversation between us from all angles in the room. And behind her, I could see there were two people standing behind her. I could just see their outlines. Like it was just light around them. And I was just having this very normal, natural conversation with her. And she was telling me about her children. She passed and left two children here and was asking me about staying close to them and watching over them. And um, she said she had to be moving on, but that she'd be back. And I didn't understand completely what she was saying, other than there was some kind of learning involved. She had to go to a different place to a different I don't know dimension whatever it was but um, she had to move on for a bit but that she would be back and she'd be watching over us then and that was the first thing that really caught my attention and I thought I had I had a conversation conversation with my sister I believed that I did and I still believe that I did and um, shortly thereafter we started hearing about the spiritualist churches and um, they have mediums that come in and uh, will perform, uh, during the service. So, you know, we would start attending, you know, services at, you know, a few different churches and getting messages from people in spirit, um, that just convinced me that people are continuing after they pass their, their spirit is still here. So I was really very interested in this. And then, um, I lost someone else. Um, a guy that I was really close to when I was younger, uh, we had just reconnected, and three days after we reconnected, he passed very suddenly, and I was grief-stricken by it, and we hadn't been connected for years and years and years, and so the grief really took me by surprise, because I didn't realize how important he was to my life, because we hadn't been you know, together, spending time together, um, but it was a really hard loss, and Shortly after he died, I started feeling like he was in my house. And I just started getting the sense that he's here. And I would start to say out loud to him, I'd call him by name and I'd be like, I know you're around. I I feel you. I know you're here. And um, we went to a spiritualist church one night. My husband and I, they were doing uh, something called table tipping. Have you experienced that?
1: I have not. That is something that I've always wanted to to try
2: yeah check it out it's it's cool um so just um you know for people listening what it really is is um there's like a small table you know just a small pedestal table which means it's just like one leg in the middle not four legs around um and we were at a spiritualist church and we were lucky enough to have the pastor at our table there were four of us And so she's a really good medium. So she was picking up stuff and telling us things as spirits were, you know, kind of coming around us. But um, the way it works is everybody puts their hands on the table very lightly. We're not, you know, moving it or anything. It's mostly the fingers on the table. And if a spirit comes through and wants to connect with you, you can feel the table start to first it kind of vibrates. And then um, it'll start to move a little bit. And if you get a really good, strong connection, it will rock and it can move itself. So here you are sitting there with, you know, these other people and you're looking at me, you know, they're not moving it. You can see their hands. And this table is literally rocking wildly back and forth. And the night that we were doing this for the first time, it it was like it walked over to me and landed in my lap. It was just rocking itself. It landed on my lap. And blew my mind the whole you know the whole experience um ended up that we were uh after that after it moved off my lap we started um tracking it as it would tap out different letters so just very simply like if it's one goes one time it's an a two times it's a b and we'd spell out things and this friend of mine this guy that had passed that i was grieving spelled out his name and so i knew it was him he'd come over and he was you know people say this is not my idea but people say oh when it comes onto your lap it's like it's give, the person's giving you a hug but it's that idea of contact you know of um, someone in the spirit world really reaching out to you and making this physical object move onto your lap so that you could you could feel the person um it's hard to explain but it's it's just simply remarkable and we left the church that night, and we were like, "Wow, like we need to figure out more about this to learn more about it and so that really started um my spiritual journey, which was uh meditating fiercely as much as I could. Um, I opened up very quickly, um, some would say too quickly, and I will partially agree with that because some of the things came too quickly for me but um, uh, that's just the way I took it on. And, uh, so I, I opened so fast that my third eye developed a lump like right here. And right at the same time as I started, you know, seeing auras and spirit lights in my house and things, things of that nature, um, just lots of things started happening. The clear sentience, the, I was feeling, um, you know, spider webs, um, it felt like it's just, it's spirit touching touching your body and the way it feels is, is, uh, kind of like, like a spider web, you know, a spider dragging its web across your arm or, um, or like in my hair, I'd feel like a static electricity, uh, those kinds of things like the physical feelings that came with it. Um, all those things happened before I got to the point of hearing spirit or channeling.
1: Well, you know, I, I, that sounds so familiar because my guru Pascal is in our chat room right now, and I blame him. Ah. I blame him for everything that I've <laughs> gone through. You know, <laughs> and I mean that with all due respect. I know he's going to have a good chuckle over that. But you know, I, I was lucky enough to have somebody like Pascal walk me through mm-hmm. this journey. And, and, you know, it is tough to do this journey alone when you're, when you're opening up, because believe it or not, it's, it's like driving or, or learning golf or whatever, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of different directions you can go in a lot of bad habits that you can actually not even know you're making mistakes, but here you are in, you know, making these mistakes with spirits that you don't want to be speaking with or, or how to protect yourself or or anything along those lines. You know, so for you having to do this trial and error and learning which way to go, how did you find your direction?
2: Well, you know, I did have a couple of teachers at the church there that I would check in with, with because, you know, it. I really was, um, you know just trying to find my way and, you know, reading books, that kind of thing, but it doesn't really get you there. You know, it doesn't explain the things that are happening. Um, There was a native American guy at the church that would teach uh, different classes. And, and I took a healing class with him. And he was laying his hands on my back one night. And he said to me, you're a trans medium. And I said, no, I'm not. And he's like, yes, you are. You're going to be opening up and people are going to channel through you. And I was like, not interested. I just, I wanted to be a medium like the people I saw at the churches are, you know, that were doing, you know, coming to people and and seeing different things and hearing things and and more directly, like, you know, um, without somebody actually coming through my body, that was a, a frightening thought for me. Um, so it did take me a while to get there where I felt comfortable doing it. But yeah, I think it's important to have people to check in with. Oh, for sure. And he, yeah,
1: for sure. He did
2: teach me a lot of things, Good. you know, told me like, like how to control it. And in the beginning, people were waking me up, spirits were waking me up all the time. And he, he said, you know, you have to, you have to shut that down, you know, <laughs> and uh, you know, you have to, you know, create your own boundaries and, and, you know, set your own intentions. And, you know, so now I, 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 I got really scared of it for a while, honestly. Um, and I would just stop. I would just not do it for a while. And I got, it took a while, you know.
1: I, I laugh because when Pascal was opening me up, as we got about five minutes mm. to go before we got to go to break at the bottom of the hour. When Pascal was okay. opening me up, the, one of the first questions he ever asked me was, how far down the rabbit hole do you want to go? And I made the, I made the foolish mistake of saying all the way and he took me there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. eventually about a year and a bit after we were working together, you know, I, I had no intention of wanting to get into the whole UFO thing and, and extraterrestrial contact. It scared me. It completely mm-hmm. scared me. And all of a sudden I remember one day Pascal just out of the blue. Yeah. Um, what do you think of ETs? I'm like, well, what do you mean? And uh, he's like, Well, my guides are telling me that you need to start making your way towards ETs. And I'm like, No. Where's my free <laughs> will? I get free will in this. I'll communicate with spirits at, at any time, but no aliens. Yeah. I saw what happened to Travis Walton in Fire in the Sky. You know, I saw <laughs> Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Don't want that stuff. Don't want it at all. And he's, right. he's like, Well, what if you don't have a choice? I'm like, well, what about my free will, man? I thought I got this free will ticket, you know, because I was so stupid and naive. You know, and he would just laugh, and he kept promoting ETs, ETs. And then eventually the UFOs started showing up. And I was like, oh, this damn Pascal. This damn Pascal. Wow. Yes. (laughs) It was terrible.
2: Terrible. It's a big old world out there.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How have you been able to keep it just spiritual?
2: You know, I don't know. I don't know if I have an answer for that. Um, honestly, um, I just haven't had those experiences. Um, my husband and I thought we might have seen a UFO once where we live not that long ago. But uh, I, I don't know that much about it. But I haven't been, it hasn't been right in my path. You know, um, not sure why.
1: Well, don't hang out with Pascal. You don't want them aliens. You don't All hang right. out. You don't hang <laughs> out with Pascal. You know. Okay. Yes, uh, this is what he says: is free will choices before incarnation. Thank you, thank you, Pascal. I appreciate that. You know, but uh. but here you go.
3: You're doing business in an app-driven multi-cloud world. You want to build and run your apps on your choice of clouds. And you need to manage all those clouds as easily as one. With VMware cross-cloud services, you've got options. That's because VMware delivers the multi-cloud choice, security, and control you need to accelerate innovation, deliver great apps, and drive business forward. VMware, the smarter way to cloud. Learn more at VMware.com. When you stay at a Verbo, the host doesn't stay with you. Because a vacation home with a stranger sounds a little bit like a horror movie. Only whole vacation homes. Always private. Book on the Verbo app.
1: You're on this journey and you've been on it how long now?
2: Oh, close to 15 years. Over 10 anyway.
1: What's the biggest effect it's had on you?
2: Um... I have less fear than I used to have. Um, I'm not as afraid of dying as I was. And I can't say to you, I'm not afraid of death anymore because I really don't want to go. Like I love my life. (laughs) I love my life a lot. So, you know, I cherish it, but, um, but I don't have as much fear. And also the most wonderful thing is knowing that my family and friends that passed over still exist. And just feeling loved by them. I still feel loved by them. You know, I feel like I've, I've made a connection with them and maintained this connection. With, I talk to them all the time, whether I'm communicating um, as, you know, as a medium or just walking around my house. And I, I talk to them and I, I know they're close. And um, it just, I know it sounds probably odd to some people, but for me, it just makes me feel like I'm always connected.
1: See, for me, I I still have that complete fear, even though I I'm, I know there's something out there. There is this little hindrance inside of me, that 1% yeah. that's just, what if? What if? And it yeah. scares the, the daylights out of me. Yeah,
2: you know, I think it's the mind. It's, it's, and I get it too. You know, it comes to me sometimes and then I think, You know, all the experiences I've had, all the effort that my spirit friends have put in to put my mind at ease, you know, they really have put a tremendous effort and I have to like kind of step back and think about it. But yeah, I do get there sometimes too.
1: Yeah, I, you know, but I I know it's a common fear, you know, but man, does the, the idea of dying and death just raise my anxiety. Raises it to oh, yeah. to the point where I could go screaming, running down the street. Well, at my size now, it's not more running; it's more of a of a walking jog. But you know, none, nonetheless, nonetheless, it still scares the daylights out of me. Kathy, I'm going to get you to hold on right there because that was a quick first half hour and we have you for another 90 Plus. minutes here on spaced out radio <laughs> kathleen diane is our guest tonight she's got a brand new book out before we were born it is fiction but it all comes down to a lot of her experiences that she has learned through channeling spirit guides for spirit teachers that she put this all together yeah, you can go to her website, KathleenReadyDiane.com and check it on out. We're going to get into the book and more about channeling and spirit when we return for the second half hour of Spaced Out Radio next. All right, we are clear. We are clear.
2: having fun yes i am having fun
1: very am i talking too much no you're you're absolutely perfect (laughs) you are absolutely perfect oh good let me just grab a sip here yeah that damn pascal of mine he is uh he's just amazing just amazing
2: how did you meet him
1: I met him through some mutual friends and he, uh, my partner was uh, taking in his, uh, his healing classes and I didn't really believe in all of that. I thought it was a bunch of garbage. And then I had my own experience, uh, with the angel of death that I channeled back in uh, late 2011. And everything just kind of took off for me there. And I figured, you know what, I'm going to try one of these courses things. And I started going and and, uh, found out what a wonderful human being uh, Pascal is. And he really took me under his wing uh, because he has giant wings that uh, his job is to help uh, idiots like me try and figure out you know what is going on with their personal uh their personal journey and you know uh, to this day you know we don't talk every day but you know i feel that he's a fixture in my life and and a guide in my life it's like having your own spiritual angel in in uh, human form
2: oh, that's wonderful
1: yeah he he's you're pretty cool you're lucky yeah he won't yeah. say he won't say anything now because i'm complimenting him and he hates yeah. compliments but uh literally one of the most important people in my life
2: yes it's that sounds like it yeah very very yeah it's awesome i yeah. think we all need a pascal
1: uh we all do we all do mm. and and you know what i'm pretty sure that if he had the opportunity to help absolutely everyone he would he's just yes He's that soul. And uh, mm. like I said, one of the uh, one of the greatest people that's ever blessed my life. That's for sure.
2: Yeah.
1: Mm. Yeah, I brag about him a little bit. But, you know, th- like I said, I'm watching the chat room, and this is where he goes silent now. He's like, shut up, Dave. Yeah. Shut up.
2: <laughs> He's humble. He's more than humble.
1: He's just he- uh It's hard to say without getting a little choked up and verklempt. Uh,
0: yeah.
1: He is uh, hes a hero of mine and, mm-hmm. and a mentor and a guru and a brother. And there's not enough adjectives in this world that can describe uh, the importance of this person uh, ah. in my life and on this planet. That's for sure.
2: That's an amazing statement you just made.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Mm. Pascal's head's about uh, this big now, but that's okay.
2: That's okay. <laughs> he deserves it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we experienced some really cool things together. I remember that first night, He he. we would go on these drives, and he would put his hand on my back to connect with my energy. And as we were driving, I would actually see spirits standing on the side of the road. And it may not be just a yeah. human. It, it may have been a bear or a deer or a dog or a coyote or, yeah. or whatever. And, uh, um, uh, and he, um, and that's kind of how our journey started and then he just kept testing me with the channeling and sometimes I wouldn't even be ready but he would he would uh, um, he would call up and he'd be like hey you feel like doing a channeling session I'm feeling that we need to work on that tonight and all of a sudden you know a couple hours later he would he would show up at my door and you know and uh, we'd get right into it and sometimes I was really accurate other times I wasn't, but the more I worked on it, the better I got at it. Yeah, and then the aliens came.
2: <laughs> yeah, thanks, wow, Pascal. I hear
1: that. Yes, you got
2: t- tell me an example of that because I have to hear it.
1: Well, I will at the at the next break. How about that? Uh, thank you, okay. by the way, to Pascal, valet, and Phil for the super chats. It's a wonderful way to support what we do on a nightly basis don't forget to give us a thumbs up thumbs down and if you're new here hit subscribe ring the bell be a part of the family here we go second half hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate learning your listening year, or earning your listening ears. that is. Want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor, Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go. Kathleen Ready Diane? pronounced Diane, but spelled Dayan, D-A-Y-A-N. Yep. Throw a .com <laughs> on the end of that. And you got her website where you can find her brand new book, Before We Were Born. And this book... Is about reincarnation, spirituality, healing, and everything that goes along with it. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us.
2: Ah, oh, thank you, Dave. Nice to be here.
1: Oh, for sure. We're glad to have you here, too.
2: Now, here you
1: are having all of these real life situations that you're trying to figure out, yet you pen a book yes. that's about fiction and it is fictionalized about the many experiences you've had. Why did you go down that route?
2: Well, first of all, I love stories. I've always been a storyteller. Um, But also I feel like sometimes fiction resonates better with people. It's easier to... um...
3: You're doing business in an app-driven multi-cloud world. You want to build and run your apps on your choice of clouds, and you need to manage all those clouds as easily as one. With VMware cross-cloud services, you've got options. That's because VMware delivers the multi-cloud choice, security, and control you need to accelerate innovation, deliver great apps, and drive business forward. VMware, the smarter way to cloud. Learn more at VMware.com. You're doing business in an app-driven multi-cloud world. You want to build and run your apps on your choice of clouds, and you need to manage all those clouds as easily as one. With VMware cross-cloud services, you've got options. That's because VMware delivers the multi-cloud choice, security, and control you need to accelerate innovation, deliver great apps, and drive business forward. VMware, the smarter way to cloud. Learn more at VMware.com.
2: Understand some concepts, I think, if it's put in a fictional form. Um, I started talking to my guides about writing this. I wanted to write the story. And I actually wrote it first as a screenplay because I was visualizing it as um it was just it was a very visual story to me, so that's that's you know what I did, which served me well because I ended up using that screenplay as an outline to come back in and and novelize um But for me, I wanted to take those concepts which are you know primarily the book is about uh reincarnation and spirit communication. Uh, It's two people who choose to incarnate together um, throughout different lifetimes. And this is one particular lifetime. But the other really important thing that I wanted to talk about was the communication between worlds. So not to give too much away, but, um, you know, one of them is going to pass at some point during the story. And they need to continue, um, find a way to communicate with each other. And so that delves really deeply into spirit communication and channeling and, and all these things that you and I were just talking about. Um, But I feel like it's a soft way to present some ideas when you create a story and some characters that feel like, you know, people, you know, you know, that that's my goal. When I write these characters to feel like you're having, like, you know, these people and you're, you can identify with what they're going through and, and who they are, and I just like the idea of having them tell the the story of these these concepts of how it works.
1: So the idea that you know that you're putting these characters through this spiritual connection, how did this resonate with you compared to your own experiences that you've had?
2: Very similarly, really. Um, this is a romantic story. And I just want to make sure I say that um, there's all kinds of soulmates. And they, you know, it's it's a lot of times people emphasize the romantic kind. And that's what I chose to do with this. Um, it worked really nicely for my purposes uh, to have one in each world and um, them communicating with each other. Um, and they did things like, you know... Um, you know, get a you know a reading. The the person who's still here gets the reading from a medium, and that kind of prompts them on their path. Um, you know, to mediumship, so that they can communicate with their partner. But yeah, um, I'm not sure if I quite answered your question. No, I, but- I,
1: I think you did. I think you're doing great. I I really do. So the main characters in the story, you mentioned that they have a lot of different lives, different realities with each other. You know, the reincarnation portion of that is so, so uh, convoluted in a way of whether or not it actually happens or not. I mean, the Hindu uh, religion would believe that it did as as well as many others in the world, you know. I think many of us would love to believe while many of us are like, no, no, no. One trip around the world is, uh, -hmm. on this planet is good enough. So, I mean, how did you go about that?
2: Well, I, first of all, um, I think that it's not so much that we're being forced to incarnate from the things that I've learned. It's, we're playing a role in it. It's a collaboration, so whenever we choose to, to come back and have another life, we're playing a role in that. And that's, those are the concepts as I understand them, Dave. So I'm not an expert on reincarnation, but these are just you know some of the ideas that I picked up during channeling and, and um, you know, various forms of mediumship. But um, these two, the first chapter of the book is a bit of a leap of faith because it's the two of them in the spirit world and deciding to come here. And the um, the female of the partnership wants to come. She wants to be the child of someone who was her mom in a past life. And the opportunity is open and she can take it if she wants. And her partner doesn't want to go. He says, you know, let's stay here. I mean, there's no point, there's no reason we don't have to do this again. And she really wants to go and so he follows her. And she goes to this, you know, this very lovely family Um, and he chooses his mom based on her, her proximity to his soulmate. And the person he chooses is an alcoholic and he's born with fetal alcohol syndrome. And so here are these two kids being born within three months of each other on the same street two, two or three houses away from each other, similar lives on the outside, but on the inside, very, very different realities. Um, And he has this whole process before he comes where his guide, who has agreed to stay with him throughout this and guide him while he's here, has said to him, choose another mother. This is, you know, you're making a mistake, but it's this idea of us being imperfect creatures, whether we're here on earth or we're in the spirit world, because I believe that's the case, you know, that we can still make these mistakes and he just sort of rushes in and ends up in this situation that makes his life very challenging. Um, but he does, you know, he meets his partner. Um, his mom isn't around too much and he wanders out of the house and uh, he sees her playing in her yard. And he kind of, he's, he's a tiny little thing. He was, he was born uh, prematurely. He's the size of a two-year-old. He's three or four years old when he meets her Four, I think. And he climbs under her fence. He scoots under the fence and, and then he, is They become inseparable,
1: which well, you can't blame him. You can't blame him.
2: No, you can't blame him. And her family takes him in, and becomes um, really his family system. Particularly her dad, he's like treats him as like he's one of the, he's one of his kids too. So it's it's all this. There's a lot in this story. It's an emotional story, but it, it has to do with the roles we play in each other's lives and and how that affects you know, their, their life and, and even into the next generation, like what those kids are going to be like based on the way they were raised.
1: The idea that, uh, you know, once again, that you're dealing with reincarnation, have you looked into reincarnation in your own life and whether
2: or not you've been on the planet before? Um, I have, um, I have seen glimpses of, I, I am aware of, Three or four lives that i've that I've been here before, to be honest, I don't delve that deeply. I don't feel that motivated by it. In the beginning, I was very interested, and primarily, I was getting um, these dreams, you know, where those little quick things right before you go to sleep and even when I was um, still using alcohol, um, I was having this repetitive dream, and I was in this car and it was like maybe the 1940s, 50s, and it was, you know, this car was driving down this road far away from the town, and I can, it was the 4th of July, and I can hear a parade going on at the town, and I'm in this car, only I'm I'm looking down at myself from above, and I know I'm going to die. And I had that dream repetitively, and I, I think after my experiences Again, it's such a, it's a vast, um, experience. All the things that have happened, it's been over years and years, but having had enough of these other dreams, I can now look at that and say, yeah, that was, that was probably my last incarnation here.
1: Were, were dreams previous to this, were they very important to you? Were you, were you someone who could always remember your dreams?
2: Not always, but yeah, dreams are important to me. Um, and even like when I was younger, I used to dream about um, having a brother that had, I had lost him somehow. And I don't have any brothers. I, as I mentioned earlier, I'm, you know, I'm one of five girls, but it would, I would wake up with my heart aching, like just, uh, I miss him so much. And, you know, and I wonder now, like, was that somebody that was my brother in another life? I, I it, it may have been.
1: Wow. Wow. That's kind of intense. Yeah. That's, that's kind of intense. How do you know who you're talking to? So, like you, you know said, what? you said there it may have been your brother. Uh, it was intense. How do you know it was him, potentially?
2: Well, that was just in like a, a little, one of those little pre sleep dreams. Like, for me, it's that little magic moment between when you're falling off to sleep. I get these little, I'll get a little quick vision. Um, Sometimes if I'm really lucky, one of my spirit friends will pop in right then. And I get such this most beautiful, clear vision of them. Um, You know, usually it's a family member that has passed, but um, that hasn't, that doesn't happen very often. I wish I could make that happen. Um, But when I'm communicating, I have that question that you just You know, uh, raised about knowing who you're talking to. There have been times when I felt like I wasn't talking to the person that they were saying they were, or there was something that felt off. And I just, you know, came to the conclusion that whenever it doesn't intuitively feel right to me, I shut it down.
1: Okay, so let's talk about that intuition here for a little bit because. You know, for many of us, we may not understand how that that truly works and how that truly wor- uh, it can be utilized to the benefit of a person. You know, you, you're mentioning there that, you know, you have to be able to, to uh, trust your own intuition. How long did it take you to trust yours?
3: Oh, gosh. You're doing business in an app-driven, multi-cloud world. You want to build and run your apps on your choice of clouds and you need to manage all those clouds as easily as one. With VMware cross-cloud services, you've got options. That's because VMware delivers the multi-cloud choice, security, and control you need to accelerate innovation, deliver great apps, and drive business forward. VMware, the smarter way to cloud. Learn more at VMware.com. You're doing business in an app-driven multi-cloud world. You want to build and run your apps on your choice of clouds and you need to manage all those clouds as easily as one. With VMware cross-cloud services, you've got options. That's because VMware delivers the multi-cloud choice, security, and control you need to accelerate innovation, deliver great apps, and drive business forward. VMware, the smarter way to cloud. Learn more at VMware.com. Um,
2: probably a few years at least before. Some of it felt very... It was amateurish that what I was doing, you know, mediumship wise was definitely, you know, like you mentioned before, you know, opening up too fast or or venturing places without guidance, things like that. Um, It just took I don't know. Maybe that's a wild guess, but a few years, I guess, before I felt, um, you know, balanced and grounded with it and to the point where, you know, I didn't have anybody, you know, jumping into my space that I wasn't inviting there. Um, you know, the, the people that were coming in when I was sleeping, waking me, all of that stopped. And really that came back to me setting the boundary, me saying, I don't want to do this. And to the point that sometimes I'd have to walk away for a while. Um, which is an, another thing is that it is, um, it's very taxing, you know, communicating. And particularly if you're doing channeling, uh, there's just times I needed a break from it
1: how stressful was it for you?
2: Um, when I'd get too tired from it or if I wasn't sure about, um, who exactly I was speaking to, things like that are very stressful. I found that very stressful, but now I don't, now it's, um, I still, my husband and I communicate together. I think of him as like, he's the grounding force. Like they've told me that he's like, I can communicate without him there. And I, I do occasionally do that, but, um, for the most part, we do it together. And he's, he just helps me feel more grounded. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm much calmer about it now. I'm not nervous. Um, it just is, it's natural.
1: What's it like to have a spirit go into your body?
2: Oh, well, sometimes I just feel them lining up. I feel, um, I can usually tell if it's a male or a female by the way that they hold their bodies, their heads. And also I feel a deeper in my throat. I feel the male voice. I feel a deeper feeling in my throat.
1: It's a weird sensation when you allow a spirit to take over your body to communicate. Do you get any side effects from that the next day? Sore body, sore throat, sore neck, anything like that? Um
2: you know, I'm very, um, cautious about it these days. I don't like the, you know, the, the full trance. Um, I worked on that for a very brief period of time. And then I just said, this is not something I'm comfortable with. And I moved away from it. So now I'll line up with the spirit and I don't let them take over. I don't let them, um, I try to get my mind out of the way, but, I'm um, maybe not my full consciousness of like, um, where I'd feel, you know, capable of driving a car in that moment. Like after I, you know, after I communicate, I always need some time to kind of get back um, to my regular consciousness, but um, I'm still aware. I'm still there and I know what's being said. And I, you know, my mind is still at play, which is a problem because the mind will jump in sometimes and I have to get it to be quiet so that I get a pure message Um. That's an issue you know, that I have. But the, when I first tried doing this kind of communication, we were working really closely with um, a guide. And I felt like this really strong pressure right on my crown chakra. And then I had this sensation like I was falling. And then um, I, all, I saw all kinds of visions. It was really, really interesting. But I think they were opening up whatever needed to be open there for, to do this kind of communication. Um, and the first time I communicated like that, like as a channel, it came from my solar plexus and it hurt. So I had the sore solar plexus all the way up my chest and my throat were sore in the very beginning. And then it became something, um, much, um, much less effort. The words well so now when I do it, the words just kind of come out, they're not forced out if that makes sense
1: absolutely, I mean, it's a very difficult thing to have something take over your body, and whether or not you have full control over it, that is something else to be argued with because there is a danger that goes along with it. you know you don't know for a lot of people. Who are or what is actually entering your body, and so I mean, for you, how did you gain that control of what you would allow to
2: chat through you? I just made decisions about it. I was just I just set boundaries, and just wouldn't allow. I could feel my body. I could I, I you know you can feel what's happening. You can feel. I just, I go to a point where I'm comfortable and I don't go further than that.
1: Do you ever, you know, regret doing this?
2: I have regretted it. Not now, but there have been times when I thought, I, you know, I stepped, I stepped farther down, like you said, down the rabbit hole, you know, than I thought that I would be.
1: The rabbit hole is fun for people who may not know <laughs> what the rabbit hole is. What what would be your definition of the, of going down the rabbit hole?
2: Mine, just you know, venturing forward. You know, open arms, open eyes, but you know, venturing forward without seeing what's there. You know, a leap, a huge leap of faith.
1: It truly is. I mean, have you had any weird experiences since you went down the rabbit hole that? Are just you wonder? Really, that's what's really on the other side.
2: Um, no, but not. I mean, not really. I've had a couple of, um, you know, weird little quick visions or things like that. You know, I, but I had a cool experience. As you were saying that, I was thinking about this, but it's not really the other side, or maybe it is. I don't know. I was um, in a guided meditation. And it was to, um, the goal was to meet our uh, power animal, or spirit animal.
1: Yes. And
2: the, have you done that? These kind of, yeah, I don't know. Maybe this is pretty specific. I'm not sure. But anyway, this guy was leading, um, leading a whole group of us. And he said, you know, find um, a familiar place in your yard or someplace you like to walk or something. And then is there a hole somewhere? when you were talking about the rabbit hole is why I thought this. Um, And I I want you to go into that hole, like head first, just go into it in your mind, in your uh, meditation, go, go through there. And if there's bugs, if there's anything in there, just push it out of the way. It has nothing to do with you and just keep going, going, going. And then when you come you want you to see that there's sunlight coming and then follow that sunlight and come up and um, see what's there waiting for you. And I did come up and I wasn't underground that long. Cause in my mind, I'm just kind of moving along. I could see the light and I came up and I saw stripes go by me and it was a tiger. Oh, and wow. I can't, I couldn't believe it. And my friend who had passed that I told you, um, kind of led to a lot of this, um, you know, spiritual pursuit was there with the tiger and he was showing me this. And I came back up, and I told my the teacher. He was um, this Native American healer I was telling you about. And I told him, I I think I have a tiger. And he's like, No, you don't have a tiger. There it has to be an American animal. But <laughs> <laughs> I thought, well, I don't know why, but I'm pretty sure I, there were stripes, you know. So anyway, that was that was an interesting experience.
1: Yeah, no kidding. And that was the first time you saw a spirit animal. Yeah. And how many it other? Was. How many others have come by since
2: then? Um, a few, not a lot. Um, you know, just during conversations, there'll be mentions of them, that kind of thing. I have never seen a spirit animal like you did when you know, just driving down the road and seeing them. I've never seen that.
1: Yeah, I didn't know if mine were, were spirit animals or just the spirits just letting me know they were there, that I was actually, for the first time in my life, noticing them.
2: Ah, uh, I see.
1: So that that was a strange one for me. Mm.
2: hmm
1: So yeah. with about 90 seconds to go here before we got to go to break at the top of the hour, did any of this confuse you? or scare you as you were going through it
2: yes absolutely Uh, both of those things Um, you know I was raised Catholic I had a lot of uh, fear I still do I don't know how to get rid of that you know the you know just the the idea of straying off this path at all into this path and and um, you know People, you know, tell tell you a lot of things when you're a little kid, and it sticks in your in your mind, and it's still in there for me. So yeah, every once in a while, I'll get I'll get scared of it all.
1: So what scares you?
2: What's out there? How dark it is? Like, is it something that could in any way harm me, either now or after I pass?
1: Right, right. And you know, do you have you? question your own religion, your own religious beliefs or your spiritual beliefs since then?
2: Um well I don't you know I just um I have my own my own kind of spiritual path. It's I, I don't follow any religion. Right. Um for me it's it's really it's just you know we were talking about animals and all to me God is in everything. I see God yes. in, in all of it. And I think so. To me, I try
1: to. Oh. You know what? We'll get you to hold on right there. I lost track of time. You can blame me for that. As That's all right. as we have Kathy, Diane here on Space Town Radio. Her book, "Before We Were Born," can be found on her website, KathleenReadyDiane.com. dot com. We're going to get more into spirituality right after this on Space Town Radio. Excellent job so far. Excellent oh, thank job. Thank you. I'm going to quickly just step away for a quick break here. We're going to turn the camera over to our man, Dirty Filth. If you want to hang out and watch him draw, you are more than welcome. I would if you love want... to. He's pretty talented. Pretty talented. Mm. Hi, Dirty Filth.
2: What you got going on there, Phil?
4: Hi, Dave. Hi, Kathy. Hi.
2: That
4: is beautiful. Not quite done yet, though. Yes. A little, bit of, a little bit left. We've got some pals traveling through space. That's all I can pretty much say about this right now. Daisy Looks like... They...
2: Yeah. What's on the left here?
4: Oh, this? That was the drawing oh, of the other in... night.
2: I see. That's oh, cool.
4: That was the Calvin UFO from 1990. Okay. And apparently they released a photo last year, and it's a clear UFO photo, and everyone just kind of forgot about it. So, it was... wow. Anyways, do I usually can see... get to. Go ahead. Sorry.
2: Sorry. Do Do you see UFOs?
4: Uh, no, I. No. Yeah. I, I I filmed a UFO once. That was that's about it. But no, I don't. Uh, I don't see UFOs.
2: Hmm.
4: I'm usually in the house drawing cartoons, so... (laughs)
2: That's your thing.
4: I usually give the soul spirits, or the light beings, if you will. I usually give them blue eyes. Blue eyes? Just seems to go with... With the light, I'd say. And the only other character I put for blue eyes is the Sasquatch. When I, whenever I color a Sasquatch, they get blue ah, eyes, too.
2: Really? Yeah, the blue works with the gold light.
4: Yeah, the cats were getting really rowdy earlier. Otherwise, I would have had more painting done. Well, the kittens, oh. rather.
2: Oh, they're right there?
4: They're not here anymore. They left and went downstairs, but they came up to the studio and decided that they're going to cause a ruckus.
2: Ah, well, they'll do that. Yeah, we had to put our little dog upstairs so he doesn't interrupt the show.
4: That's why I make sure I keep my microphone off. I'm just swearing away at the cats and everything, trying to get them all under control. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Alrighty. Let's get wait for the paint to dry here and break up the pens.
2: Very yeah. nice. Actually, I need a.
4: Alright. So, if anybody's also bored, make sure you uh, <clears throat> make sure you come to Vegas or later on this oh. year and find me, and uh, I'll give you some cartoons. I got a stack of little art cards.
2: Awesome! So, what is that?
4: May nineteenth to twentieth, if mm. I remember correctly.
2: Yeah, it sounds right. So, what do you guys do it out there? What's it all about?
4: Uh, we got a whole bunch of speakers. I think we got like, we have a regular team doing their shows, but I think we got like 900 speakers or something coming. Maybe not 900, but.
2: A lot. Yeah. Yeah,
4: Yes. We have quite a, quite a bit. There's, if you go to the Facebook page, it's there. I think everybody's been invited. Okay. Dave's got the list of everybody on there. Else. I think this brush is dead. Ah. Uh, that's all right.
1: you doing there filth
4: good how are you dave
1: have you mentioned your website
2: and your book
4: i believe i did you and the video did not thing.
2: you didn't tell me that
4: oh yeah geez oh i thought i did sorry I'm trying to, if you go to filthy.com f-y-l-t-h-y dot com that prints and i got a book there and a calendar and F- you can even email me and just say hi if you want
2: Okay, well, so it's F-Y-L-T-H-Y dot com.
4: Yes.
1: Okay, yes. I'll check it out. Dirty filth. That's why we love him around here. Good morning you. to you, number 31 from Lulea, Sweden, Lars Janssen. He'll be starting in goal tonight uh, for tonight's game. We appreciate that. The guy has a 1.98 goals against average right now pretty happy with that i want to say thank you to kira phil pascal and Shaq for the super chats the super chat is a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis so thank you and if you're wanting to go to meet us in vegas for the sor fan party may 19th through 21st read the scroll below right below here right right down there and you'll be able to get that information here we go everyone
2: you're listening to spaced out radio with dave scott
1: follow dave on twitter at spaced out radio and on facebook spaced out radio show Hour number two of spaced out radio is now underway thank you so much for joining us my name is dave scott very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call earth Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, Talkstream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davy the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Abrosia, Abrosia is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go, second hour with author... And this this is just a great topic. Kathy Diane is here tonight. Her website: kathleenreadydiane diane spelled D A Y A N dot com. She's got a great book out called "Before We Were Born." It's about spirituality. It's about reincarnation, lifetimes together. And we are opening up about our own spiritual woo tonight, Kathy. Thank you so much for joining us. If- it, it, it's such a great pleasure to have you here because we don't do a lot of spiritual talk. We normally are into the UFOs and monsters and stuff, but I like taking a break mm-hmm. and getting to mm-hmm. these topics. How often do you practice your own spiritual communication?
2: Oh, you know, not not that often now. I mean, maybe, I mean, to actually sit down and, um, you know, actually communicate um, probably once a week or something like that. Um, But, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I talk to to my spirit friends all the time. I mean, when I need to hear back from them, I'll sit down and I'll channel. Uh, But for the most part, I just, you know, I speak to them as I go through my life. And a lot of it is, you know, sending gratitude for the support they give us for the, you know, my whole family and, and for myself, and just just the tremendous amount of love that I feel um, that I receive from them. Um, I just feel like I have a really, I, it feels like a, a very privileged um, way to live, to know that I have that, um, which is one of the reasons I really wanted to write a book and talk about these things, because, you know, I don't have to carry grief. I mean, you can never get completely away from grief because if someone you know dies, it's, it's, your heart's going to break, you know. But um, with time, as you get past some of that, if you have understanding that your, your loved one is still there and um, is still, you know, part of your experience, still wants to be a part of your experience, um, still loves you, to know that is a huge thing. And I wanted to be able to share that.
3: You're doing business in an app-driven, multi-cloud world. You want to build and run your apps on your choice of clouds. And you need to manage all those clouds as easily as one. With VMware cross-cloud services, you've got options. That's because VMware delivers the multi-cloud choice, security, and control you need to accelerate innovation, deliver great apps, and drive business forward. VMware, the smarter way to cloud. Learn more at VMware.com. You're doing business in an app-driven, multi-cloud world. You want to build and run your apps on your choice of clouds, and you need to manage all those clouds as easily as one. With VMware cross-cloud services, you've got options. That's because VMware delivers the multi-cloud choice, security, and control you need to accelerate innovation, deliver great apps, and drive business forward. VMware, the smarter way to cloud. Learn more at VMware.com.
2: You know, with other people.
3: Why do you think,
1: you know, with everybody knowing that death is inevitable, it's something that we are all going to go through, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on the person. Why do you think that we as human beings still have this innate fear of dying?
2: It's such a stark reality when you see, you know, somebody uh, either dying or you know going through an illness where they're really they're passing before your eyes, or if something terrible happens, an accident. It's just such a it's in stark reality to this, um, you know, sort of lighthearted, like very quick life that we're we're in. Not just I should say that lighthearted for for everybody but we are all going about our business, going about our day, day to day we're, you know, like little bumblebees or something. Everyone's got a million things to get done every day. And um you don't often stop to think, you know, that that could happen that somebody could suddenly not be here in a physical form. And I think it's really shocking.
1: Yes, and you know it is something that we we never prepare for. Whether it's our friends, whether it's our family, or whether it's a parent, even though they are aging, we we look at our parents as as being almost as if they're indestructible. And then one day, just poof, yeah. they're they're gone. You know, should should we though? You know, be th- how can I put this? Should we be thankful? for the more thankful for the journey or are, are we too selfish about life in, that we forget about being thankful for the journey that we had
2: i'm not sure if i follow well every... do you mean to do you mean for the per, like for each of us looking at our uh you know that we're going to be facing death and should we just be looking back gratefully yes yeah and I guess take it another step further and you know be grateful to you know that we're going onward in my mind that's what's happening you know to know that i'm gonna my spirit is not gonna be you know buried in the ground or burnt you know um my body will be ashes one day, but my spirit won't be.
1: What, you know, then comes, you know, to, to give it the old other argument uh, there and, and the other side of the ledger. I mean, what makes you believe or what have you been shown that there is life that continues with the spirit?
2: Because I've had, um, well, first of all, you know, the the spirits that communicate to me there are people that lived and have, you know, passed, passed on, and they're still able to communicate. They still exist. Um, but also, um, I've had some glimpses of, of other worlds of being in the spirit world. And I just, I believe that's, that's what's going to happen. I, I again, I'm not, you know, hundred percent, you know, um, you know, you know, fearless or, you know, anticipating this with, with, you know, any kind of great joy, I really don't want to pass out of this world. I know I will. It's, you know, at some point, but I, I really love being here in physical form. See, that's my issue. That's my issue. Mm.
1: Kathy is there's, you know what, for all the trials and tribulations, I think the majority of people out there are like you and I, where, you know, Mm. we, we enjoy, the creature comforts that we get whether you live in the middle of a city or whether you live in the middle of nowhere like i do we yeah. we, we tend to enjoy these creature comforts of what we call life yeah you know yes. I, I mean hey we're all trying to be better each and every day the majority of us and and mm-hmm. you know when you have that little bit of success whether it's career wise or you win the lottery or even if you try a new hairdo and it looks fantastic on you, you know, we're all mm-hmm. trying to, to better and improve ourselves. And it just seems, you know, I think for a lot of us, we just get tired of the, that there isn't enough time, you know, like we got to mm-hmm. sleep, we have to relax, we have to, you know, mm-hmm. have those calm nights rather than go, 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 go. True. So with that aspect uh with it all I mean you you have mentioned that you have seen uh the spiritual side of everything describe to our audience what that looks like
2: Okay so I have had a few um visions like this um during communication um I could, the one that stands out in my mind the most is I saw myself standing next to this friend who, you know, inspired me to do all these things and we were it was um a lake with trees which seems very very much like here but whenever I see a scene that I believe is a spirit world it's bigger and it glows it has this like light to it so we were standing next to this lake and there were trees all around this lake but the trees were not like any I've seen here and they were just huge. And there was a sense of peace whenever i found myself, when I've seen this, I've catch a quick glimpse of something. I get this feeling of just like complete contentment. It just feels like there's no strife. There's no worry. There's nothing that is bothering my mind, which is unusual because there's always something bothering my mind, you know, but, when i have these little visions like that it's just the tranquility of it all
1: right from people who have had near death experiences um, the majority of them do talk about that tranquility that that peace that that unwavering mm-hmm. uh sign of energy that's very youthful and and very uh emotional on a on a entirely new broad scape that many of us will never comprehend until we go through it ourselves. Is that kind of what you're talking about?
2: Yes, that is what I'm talking about. And it's, and the thing is too, Dave, when you're experiencing, it feels natural, you know, and that's one of the things that you asked me a little while ago, like how I know, you know, if something is, um, you know, you know, if it's like safe to let someone in, you don't know who it is, or you have these different experiences and, and not being able to see all of it and understand it all. It's, it's, it's a, it's a leap of faith, but I've found that the most profound experiences that I've had have felt completely natural. And so some of those are, um, you know, I've seen, I've, I've awakened at night and had somebody standing at the end of my bed and acknowledged them got up used the bathroom and came back and went to bed and the next day I was like why was I not worried that there was the outline of someone there but it was because it felt like intuitively I understood it was somebody it was one of my friends watching over me while I slept there was no evil in it there was no kind of um, bad intention it it just and I could feel that and I think when we're sleeping or half asleep and you kind of don't overanalyze too, but it was the same thing with seeing glimpses of the spirit world. Whether it be that that scene I just described to you, or some others that I've had, it always has this feeling of like natural. I'm not going through anything strange or weird. It's it seems like it's not supernatural. It's natural.
1: V- are we all prepared for that deep down, subconsciously?
2: I think so. I mean, I didn't do anything to prepare for that feeling. It's just when I've had these experiences, I, I I just, it's really innate. It is. It's something that I just feel like, um, I trust, I trust the spirits that I communicate with. they are people that have supported me for years now, you know, in various ways they've supported me and, and my family
1: how do you know you're getting the right information? How do you know it's not imagination? How do you know you know i mean these these are some of those questions that skeptics will ask regarding you know yeah. whether or not there is you know some sort of moving on after instead of being one and done. you know what I'm saying
2: I do um you know i can't I can't really. First of all, I mean, I don't really like argue my side at all because I feel like we all have our own we all ha- have our own spirit path, and so anybody who who doesn't, you know, see things the way I do, it's it's completely the way that I want it to be. You know, I, I think everyone has to come to their own conclusions. Um, but am I getting the information from my mind? Sometimes, I, if I'm less tapped in, there's more apt to be like my Thoughts are leaking through, um, so communication is not perfect. However, when I have those glimpses, they're perfect. I know they are because I'm not. I've never seen these things before. When I was first um, being helped with the um, with the, I'm going to call it trance mediumship, even though I, I don't consider myself a trance medium. But when they were working on that for my channeling. And I can feel the pressure on my head. I can feel them putting pressure here. And then I'm seeing, I felt like um, I was falling. And then I saw colors that I've never seen before. Never seen them here on earth.
3: You're doing business in an app-driven, multi-cloud world. You want to build and run your apps on your choice of clouds. And you need to manage all those clouds as easily as one. With VMware cross-cloud services, you've got options. That's because VMware delivers the multi-cloud choice, security, and control you need to accelerate innovation, deliver great apps, and drive business forward. VMware, the smarter way to cloud. Learn more at VMware.com. I can't tell you what that
2: means. I can't say, oh, it looked like yellow and orange. I, I, I can't even grasp it. I can't even recall it. I just remember feeling like I was tumbling through all these colors. And there were things I had never seen. Um, I just believe that we're in a little tiny piece of what is an enormous world. And um, there's a lot of things that we just have not been privy to.
1: Has your spirit guides ever shared with you any secrets from the other realms?
2: No, I don't, I wouldn't say that. Anything that they've said to me, it's always been open information because I asked that question in the beginning, like, is this private? Is this something that we're not supposed to talk about? And no, I feel like, um, like writing this book, they were, you know, really wanted me to, to, uh, you know, write this book and get it out there because it might help some people to uh, with their grief and help people to understand like some of the principles that, you know, the, the soul is, is, is going to continue to live. It's not the same body. You're not going to have, see that body again. And that in itself is is sad and hard about death. But um, but that, that person that you love, that real uh, connection you feel to someone, that's the soul you're feeling.
1: Let's get to some audience questions here. There's a few of them here. Let's start off with Mark. Kathy, do you pick up on other people's energy or feelings? And if so, what's that like?
2: I do. I I do tend to be um, sensitive to other people's energies. I'm not great at that um, reading them. I know some people can tell. um, Sometimes I'll notice, like you know, if someone um, you know, if someone's really angry. I mean, most people, I think, are going to pick up on that. But sometimes you'll, I'll pick up disgruntled energy, or I'll start to feel like this. You know, I just, I want to push myself further away from someone. Um, also like if there's a crowd, I, I don't do well in crowds. I don't like to be in packed rooms. I just, I feel like I'm, there's too much. It, it depletes me. I feel like it's all coming at me. Um, not sure if I answered that question thoroughly.
1: No, I think, I think you did. Uh, I think you did very yeah. well there. I I do. Let's get to another question here. Let's go to rain. Why do you think some spirits come through and others don't. If they don't, does that mean maybe they've reincarnated?
2: I don't know. That's possible. That is that is possible because I do have some um, you know friends and family and spirit who don't come through. I've had others who have come through a lot. Some people really like it. Some spirits really like it. Uh, but, yes, I do think so- sometimes people have reincarnated. I also think there are other realms for lack of a better word I don't know if I'm using the right word here but um, I think there's there are other places to go when we pass over and it has to do with um, learning more things Uh, I mentioned in the very beginning uh, my sister Mary came to me in this dream and she said I have to go she had to be someplace she had to go someplace else for a while and then she was coming back and I really think that there's there's different places that we go to, to continue our um, growth and our, our education. And I also have heard that a lot of people um, when we reincarnate um, we tend to do this with family groups. So it's not just one person you're, you know, a romantic soulmate or um, any particular person, but it can be with a whole group of people. So sometimes I think there is a waiting for everyone to get back or, you know, somehow to coordinate. I don't know all the dynamics of this, how that works, but I do think there's a plan in place and that we play a role in that.
1: You know, it's funny when you say that, because when my nephew passed away in 2018, Mm. he was 29 years old. He died of a fentanyl overdose. And I I think about Uh. the kid every day. Uh, you know, I was, I was 15 years old when he was born. So him and I really grew up together, but my grandmother on my mom's side had passed about six months before he was born, five, six months before he was born and she never met him. And, you know, I went, you know, in looking for him on the other side, just to make sure he was okay. Cause I just had a panicky feeling. He didn't know what was going on. And, you know, one of the things I don't really talk about is, you know, is one of the gifts that you get when is you can astral travel into the other realm. And when I saw him, he was sitting on a bench, like a park bench And my two grandfathers and my grandmother were there. Now, I have seen my two grandfathers since they passed in 95 and 96, but I'd never Mm. seen my grandmother. My grandmother never came around. And my grandmother, uh, her and I got along great, but... Even in this moment, she never really talked to me. She said, hello, which was the first time, but I Hmm. had never, uh, like she wouldn't look at me, her eyes. She had this beautiful smile on her face and she was just staring Hmm. down at my nephew. Like there, like there he is. He's gorgeous. You know, like, look, look at him, you know, and all of this, like she was just absolutely amazed. And then I kind of came out of it, and I w- I was just dumbfounded that, th- like that was the first time I'd seen my grandma since she passed. Wow. Yeah. Wow.
2: It was. That's heavy. an amazing thing. It was heavy. Yes. Um, I'm so sorry about your nephew.
1: Oh, thank you. Uh, you know, it's it's a tough one to get over. I'm I'm still yeah. I'm still not over it yet. Still not over yeah. it, but you know i don't think he ever do i don't think he ever do get yeah. over it but knowing yeah. you know knowing that he he was brought or he had company from loved ones on the other side in his uh in his great grandparents that's mm. really perfect it's perfect yes you know it is so i mean that's where I struggle. That's that's where I struggle because you know, I want to believe that that's what I saw. Okay? Cuz mm-hmm. it felt really really real to me. And I know I can't astral travel, but for a lot of people out there, you know, when you go back and you think about it, you have to you, you often wonder, okay, was that just, was that real? Was that imagination? Was that, you know, my mind playing tricks so I'll be giving me something that I wanted to see. You know, this is where the million questions for many of us start to run through our minds, right?
2: Yeah, it is the mind. I think when you're having the experience, it's the spirit. And then when you have afterward, you're thinking it through and it's the brain, the mind that's saying, no, it can't be that. But when you're when it's spirit, you trust it and you know at the time. So when you were when you were astral traveling and you had that awesome experience, did you believe it?
1: I sure did. We have author Kathy Diane here for another thirty minutes here on Space Down Radio. We're gonna continue with your questions. Spirituality, reincarnation, soul family. Are you buying it? I do. How about you? We'll be back right after this. Let's take a look here at what the dirty one uh finished up drawing here. Soul friends, hey pal. Oh hi. Oh uh, well that's kinda cool. That is cool.
4: The traveling through space, Dave.
1: I'm noticing this. End time. I'm noticing this. Hello, lover. Hello, lover. I love it, dirty filth. That's a that's a that's a good one. Captures a lot of cool. different creations. That's why he's the best. Yeah.
4: Thanks, Dave. I appreciate it.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, we also know that uh, you do like a good slice of pizza too.
4: Oh, I hope to get. Look at that guy slinking in the background.
1: A oh, little Timmy Senor there?
4: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah. You know he has no idea what a timbit is.
4: Unbelievable! I know they brought some into work today. They were delicious. I had. I some normally don't have I those, those, but
1: I had some yesterday. I had to uh, go on a road trip yesterday. Watch my son's hockey team get absolutely slaughtered. Six-one. Uh. They got outscored seventeen to one in two games this weekend. Oh.
4: Poor kids.
2: Yeah, it's rough.
4: Thanks, Jessica.
1: Uh, lovey, love is Timmy, C- little Timmy Senor. C- really little though. Yes, he is. He's about five six five seven. Good shape. Christopher Branham, welcome to the show. Uh, what you Canadians know about some Krispy Kreme? Way too sweet. Way too sweet. Mm-hmm. There is a Krispy Kreme. I'm a Robin's
4: Donuts guy, man.
1: Do they still have Robin's Strawberry Donuts?
4: Bismarck. Only in Saskatchewan. You
1: know, you know. What piss- I'm going to drive
4: out to Saskatoon to get some.
1: You know what pissed me off about Tim Hortons, man, is a number of years ago when they got rid of the Dutchie Donut. Do you remember the Dutchies? The square donuts no. uh, with the uh, icing sugar oh, on them. And, yeah. and then they had the raisins in them. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was their best donut. Zenzibel, they don't have those doing? anymore. No, they haven't had them in like four or five years. They canceled them out. It's the worst thing ever. You know what? I'm going to tweet him right now. I got to tweet Tim Hortons <laughs> right now, and I'm going to tag you in it, filth.
4: <laughs> better.
1: I'll hey, draw a cartoon about that. At Tim Hortons.
4: Next thing you know, we get a cease and desist against Tim Hortons.
1: Isn't, <laughs> it, uh, better a, isn't it time to bring back the duchy? It was your best donut. Mm. Hashtag bring back the duchy. That uh, filth. There you go. Oh, I hate it. Hate it. I don't understand when you get something successful like that why you have to cancel it. I mean, it's not like it was hurting people's feelings or offending anybody because it had raisins in it. It's
4: to build anticipation for when they bring it back. Oh,
1: that's bullshit. Bullcrap. Pardon me. I have a no swearing policy now. Uh, That's bullcrap. You In your potty mouth. I know. Thanks for
4: watching my drawings and everything, man.
1: Anytime. Filthy.com is where you got to go. Get your calendar. Head over to Amazon. Type in the dirteth filtheth, and you can pick up his book as well. And when you come to Vegas, there's the package right down below. Dirty Filth is going to have some free art for you. Yeah, he will. Yes. Yes, he will. Have a good night, everybody. Good night, Dirty Filth. We love you, man. See you later. There he goes, Dirty Filth. Walking off into the sunset of Edmonton, Alberta.
5: Mm.
1: Filled with oil rigs. A mediocre hockey team. Mm. And probably some loose change he'll find on the ground to feed his pizza cravings. We got uh, 30 seconds here. Thank you to Kira, Phil, Pascal, and Shaq Valet for the Super Chats tonight. Very much appreciate the love and support. Thank you to all of our new subscribers that have hit subscribe. Don't forget to give us a thumbs up, thumbs down, whatever you feel we deserve and help with our algorithms after the show. Do me a favor, leave a comment below. We'd greatly appreciate it. Hi, Travis DeLuca. How you doing? Here we go, everyone. We passed the halfway point. Of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Want to remind you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go. Final time tonight, our guest author, Kathy Diane, her website, com, where she has her brand new book, Before We Were Born. It's about soulmate connections, reincarnation, And so, so much more. It'll help you push the limits on what you believe spiritually. Kathy, welcome back. Thank you, Dave. No problem. All right, let's get to more audience questions here. Because they are building up, we want to make sure we get them all in. Let's go to Sovereign. Does God or other entities gather our remains after we pass? If so, what do you think this is for? Reincarnation,
2: soul vessel, recycling? I'm not sure how to answer that. Um, does God, our physical body? Is the question pertaining to the physical body? Do you know? Um, I I don't know anything about about um, God gathering our remains.
1: I don't think he does. I think that's where the whole ashes to ashes, dust to dust thing comes out. But he does gather the soul. Okay. That's my opinion. yeah. All right, let's go. Mm-hmm. Sovereign will have a bunch of questions here for you. Here's another one. What if it's a demonic trickster that's mimicking people we knew during channeling? After all, it's reported that the light is a reincarnation trap. This rigged matrix is based upon deception.
2: You know, it really comes down to how you feel. I mean, that's if you can't, if you can't, um, See something, or you know, physically know it. You, to me, I just trust my gut on it. If there's somebody that's coming that doesn't feel right, I shut it down. If it doesn't feel familiar, like someone I know, I just will not communicate with them.
1: Right, right. You just know. I, I, I know it sounds like such a, uh, a useless answer, but I think you just know. If that makes Mm -hmm. sense.
2: Let's go to Malou. Do you have pets? Do I have pets? I have a little Boston Terrier um, named Teddy. He's a little red and white Boston Terrier and he is the sweetest thing.
1: How does your dog react to spirit activity?
2: You know, um, this one does not i haven't had any response but i had another dog um a boston terrier before and she was very sensitive to it she would bark at them when i was communicating she would come you know run around and and you know they were telling me well she can see us
1: how often was that happening
2: yeah pretty often because that was back when i was doing a lot of communicating um you know it's so natural now. It's usually my husband and I just sitting down. We take a little time and we sit and channel, and and I, it's kind of like it. I don't think it. The, our dog now doesn't even, you know, pick up on it, um, for whatever reason. He doesn't seem to see anything.
1: Ah, uh, maybe he's just not interested. Not
2: interested.
1: Maybe. <laughs> All right. Let's go back to Sovereign. Have you heard of the Rainbow Bridge, a place our pets go through when they pass? What do you think that is? A portal?
2: You know, I don't know if there's an actual Rainbow Bridge, and if in my mind it was just um, a metaphor for them heading to the spirit world or heaven or whatever you know you want to call it. But um, not to say that there isn't such a thing. I'm sure there could be. I, I am hundred percent sure that there are animals on the other side some people think that um you know it's only for humans and to me i just think animals if anything their souls are, are are advanced i think they're they just step right over i think it's a very easy transition back to the spirit world
1: We, Pascal and I, I told this story a couple of weeks ago, Pascal and I, we were doing an experiment in a completely blacked out room mm-hmm. where we were sitting about three feet apart and you couldn't see your fingers in front of your face. That's how, that's yeah. a completely dark room. And I remember once the spirit activity and things started to pick up at one point, my dog was sitting right beside me, my deceased dog. And I could actually wow. pet him and feel the shape of his head. What? Yeah, it was. Oh, that's it, awesome. It was nuts. That dog and I had we had a we had a real bond. He uh, yeah. After he passed, he would actually show me uh, visions from the other side. Because my dog, wow. there was a couple of things my dog loved, and but his favorite thing was when I would look at him and I'd say, "Come on." Let's go fishing. No. And he would go crazy. Like he would be in my vehicle before I'm even packed up. And, <laughs> and he, uh, I never leashed him. He was a dog I never had to leash. And yeah. so he would show me these visions of, of the sun setting me in my chest waiter, standing in a lake, fly fishing and him ah. sitting on the sand, Of the shore watching me fish
2: wow it
1: was kind of yeah that's super cool it was kind of uh uh surreal Mm -hmm. you know once again you hope it's not a dream but you can't really control that
2: just hope well i don't know you touched that dog you felt them that's pretty concrete
1: that was pretty cool yes all right, let's move on to another question here. This one from Skip to Malu. Uh, in your background, you have a picture behind you. looks like an old Victoria house. It's,
2: oh, that one is it's a van Gogh. Um, my family and I took a, a trip to Europe a few years back, and and it, every place we went, we went to um, different art museums. And so we brought back something from each one. So this one was from, the, I think, the Van Gogh Museum in Amsterdam. And then right next to it, I don't know if you can see the smaller one, that's, that's Anne Frank's house, the Anne Frank Museum.
1: Very cool. Very cool. <laughs> All right, let's continue on here. Let's go back to Sovereign. Oh, we've asked that question. And let's go to Yosef. Can one person be convinced they met their twin flame or soulmate while the other person doesn't, or does it take both parties to realize this?
2: You know, I don't know if I have a good answer for that either, because, you know, we develop while we're here. So, so if you, if you, you were to incarnate, even if you incarnated together with the intention of spending the life together, you're living different lives up until the point that you meet. So we're, you know, influenced by various different things um, where one might be in a better spiritual position to understand something, to actually perceive something and the other one maybe hasn't quite caught up.
1: Yeah, I do know a couple or a couple of people who have met their twin flame soulmates and Mm. they both decided that they couldn't do anything about it because they were married to other people. Wow. So even though they are madly in love, they've never cheated on their spouses. They have never consummated that. And they they feel it's a fate or or life being very cruel, bringing them together because they didn't meet for like forty two years on the, in this incarnation, and they're all now they're all like, well, we got to wait for the next one.
2: Yeah, I see. Um, maybe you learn to love each other in a different way. You know. It is it 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 presents a different opportunity.
1: It does, but in their minds, it, it's almost like like cheating, so they don't bother.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see.
1: They don't bother whatsoever. All right, let's move on to Larky. Do you have people who encounter shadow figures due to reincarnation?
2: Well, I I'm not sure about this. I I could do you mean like um like I I have seen a shadow person. I don't know how that connects to reincarnation.
1: Yeah, I don't think it it do does you? either. I don't mm-hmm. think it does either. I think it's more more about the shadow person or whatever it is is an entity that is checking you out. It has nothing to do With the reincarnation, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, for our audience who may not understand, what is a shadow person?
2: I, you know, I saw, I don't know if I have a definition of it, but I saw one go by in in, uh, my bedroom. And I, you know, asked um, a teacher about it. And they said, you know, it's just, don't worry, just let it go. I mean, it, just tell them to go to the light kind of thing. It's not anybody, like, it's nothing that can hurt you. Uh, that's about the extent of my knowledge of shadow people.
1: Yeah. A lot of times they seem to come around during the more depressing and dark times of your life. That's when they seem to start making an appearance for the most part. Oh. Huh. And we got another question here from Sovereign. Who do you think Cupid actually is? Are you familiar with Eve Lorgan's work on this?
2: I am not familiar with that. I wish I could. Res- I wish I was, and I could uh, respond to that. I'll check it out.
1: Yeah, I don't even know who Eve Lorgan is. Sorry. No, no worries. No worries. What is your f- future destination? With your own spiritual goals and gifts,
2: you know. I the most important thing to me is to try to be a better human. You know, just to to remember, um, you know, that I'm a soul and that I I want to interact with other other beings um, with as much compassion and respect and love as I can muster. Um, I feel like that's, those are my goals, you know, to continue to, to grow spiritually for me is more about that than it is about, um, uh, learning different ways to communicate. I will, um, continue to communicate because it, uh, it is part of my spiritual growth, but the stuff that I have to really work on is, is myself and being, you know, kinder and, um, just showing more love.
1: Have you reached the point in your own life that there, there is really nothing more to do in the channeling experiences or connecting, or do you now take that next step and go for higher powers, higher energy type beings?
2: You know, um, Dave, I have, I don't, feel like I need to pursue that but I have had um, during communication sometimes somebody will for lack of a better way of saying it they'll step down they'll step down and talk to me and the way they um, come through they're coming from some kind of a higher level and they're advanced wise people and they will come through And when they talk through me it's so fast I can barely get the words out quick enough They're just, it's like a stream of consciousness. Like you can never write it down to follow it that fast. Um, So I have had that kind of experience every once in a while that will happen. And uh, they just line up so easily and so quickly and they just flow like water. It just comes right through me. Um, But at this point in my life, I'm not thinking about, you know, seeking anything else that may come to me. You know, I might get to that point.
1: Do you do you see yourself, uh, you know, shutting down communication? Do you see yourself, you know, taking your what you've learned and and writing another novel, or or really trying to define different parts of it?
2: Well, I don't see myself shutting down, although I have taken breaks throughout. You know, the last. 10 years or whatever it's been, I've been doing this. There've been times when I just put the brakes on it and I need to regroup. Um, I hope I continue to communicate for the rest of my life. Um, I've already got another book in the works and, and it is still based on, um, on communication. Um, so I have, a, I have a second book that's coming out in October and that's separate from this book, um, Before We Were Born. Um, but the one i'm writing right now is the next incarnation after before we were born so it will be part of a um, series and in that one the the real difference is that they're based the, the significant relationship is still there between the the couple between the two soulmates but there's also more of an emphasis on um two brothers as soulmates who incarnate together Let's get
1: to some more audience questions here. Let's go over to Eve. Kathy, is there a way to find a spiritual guide, meaning a live person? Oh, I'm sure there
2: are. Um, You know, spiritualist churches are are a good place for that because there's people who are developing mediumship and they have classes. Um, So you can take a class and... um, you know, like development classes. That's probably a good place to go because um, you're going to meet other people who are experiencing the things that you'd like to experience. Mm-hmm.
1: As well as, I, I firmly believe, not your heart, but your soul will resonate with somebody who you can learn from.
2: I agree.
1: I, I'm a big believer, never listen to the heart. The heart just leads to heartbreak and the soul will uh. always gain uh, put you on the right path
2: yeah hmm.
1: that's the way i look at it it's worked for me yeah passing See, on that's, that's that's all... sage advice let's go to atlantis <laughs> here do you believe our past relatives can alter our outcomes as in finding a great treasure etc
2: you know i think they do help us um, i don't know about finding great treasures i don't find that i'm getting help in you know, materialistic ways. Um, You know, I I will say that I felt supported. Uh, I was practicing law, you know, at the time um, I started communicating and um, my husband and I made the decision together for me to leave that and focus full-time on writing. And I believed, and I still believe now that they helped us um, to make that happen that I received the support that was needed. And that means even financial, you know, my, my husband started making more money It's different things kind of balanced out so that it worked when it was really, a, it was, you know, a big leap of faith.
1: How did you know it was going to work for you?
2: How did I know It it, it was intuition again? I mean, The things that have worked best in my life have been the things that I took a leap of faith and, you know, landed in the right place. Um, I think it's the soul. I just believe that. That guides, if you're tuned into the soul and you follow that, um, it leads you on the path you're supposed to be on.
1: Love that. That's wonderful. we got about four and a half minutes left. We've got a couple more or one more question here from Lee Lovelight. How about channing, channeling multi-dimensional beings, social clump, uh, social complex beings or beings from other worlds?:
2: I have never had that experience. So I guess I have limited experience. It seems to be just the you know, the, the humans who have passed over, um, even the teachers, the teachers that have stepped down um, to talk to me sometimes, they're, they're human, too.
1: The one thing that I would say is the energy is completely different, completely different. When you start getting into multidimensional or extraterrestrial types, it's the energy is very, very fast. It's it's very hyper. It's like you've just eaten way too much sugar, way Uh. too much sugar. And, okay. and, you know, because the spiritual side of everything, I don't know for you, but for myself and many people who don't know or who do go through this, it, it feels like a heavy weight is on your shoulder and on your shoulder blades in the back of your neck. And it's very heavy, uh, whereas anything more multidimensional or extraterrestrial tends to be very, very... uh. Uh, light, and fast, and speedy, and it's uh, it's quite the difference, that's for sure.
2: What do they have to say, as opposed to what humans who have passed over have to say?
1: They, they are more about, at, at least what I've been able to figure out, they are more about expanding your consciousness, realizing that they're Is more than just what you see around. Um, You know, spiritual growth, pretty much the same thing. It's just, it's not as dark. It's a lot more Mm. pushing forward.
2: That's cool.
1: Yeah. I think so. I think so. Mm -hmm. You know, at least that's my perception of it. I could be completely wrong. I could be. But that's what I've been able to figure out for me so mm-hmm. you know i understand yeah then you end up playing with pendulums and tea leaves and all sorts of weird stuff in order to communicate oh, it just ah just goes on and on and on it never ends <laughs> we are about 90 seconds away from saying goodnight to you tonight Kathleen. and i want to say a big thank you for you coming on spaced out radio really sharing your book sharing your story you know i mean we want everybody to go out there and and uh, hit up your website com, in order to get your new book you know because hey it's always good and fun to add a book to the library called Before We Were Born. You know, is there any place else that our audience can find your book?
2: You know, I think in your neck of the woods, probably just on Amazon. But Barnes & Noble. Should I just, I'm not sure. Like, I know the bookstores around where I live, but I'm in Massachusetts. So I'm on the east coast of the U.S. So I'm not sure what's out there where you are.
1: Amazon works. It works. Amazon works. Amazon works. When in doubt, <laughs> Amazon. <laughs> yeah. You know, but for you, I, I I really am excited for your own spiritual journey to continue, and uh, and really push forward on that because I do think it's something that we all do need to learn from. We we need to learn from people like you in regards to how to get on that path and how to stay on that path because it is it is quite interesting.
2: Mm. Thank you, Dave.
1: All right, Kathy, I want to say once again thank you for coming on Spaced Out Radio. It's been one great show. And thank you for staying up late because I know you're on the East Coast doing this for us. So we really do appreciate it. And once again, Kathy's website is KathleenReadyDiane.com. Diane spelled D A Y A N, where you can find that great book called Before We Were Born. Coming up next, we're going to head to the swamp. A resident swamp dweller takes us on a, another spooky journey then little Timmy Senor joins us for the UFO report. Great show, Kathy. Great show.
2: Thank you so much, Dave. That was fun.
1: It was fun. I told you it was going to be fun.
2: (laughs) You did. I I appreciate it.
1: I appreciate you coming on in. Let us know when your next book is up. Could you do that?
2: I will do that. Yeah, that would be great.
1: Yeah, that'd be great. All right. All right, my friend. You go get some sleep.
2: I've got to do that. All right. Take (laughs) care. Thanks again, Dave. Talk to you. Bye-bye.
1: Kathy Diane there. Hey, look who it is. The Michael Leger. since we have had no the Doug Shelby sightings tonight. Yeah. Oh, my God. Who the hell chooses their name Leafs in six? Come on. Come on. Who allowed the Leafs fan in? Who allowed the Leafs fan in? You know, we got to put some locks on the doors around here. Next thing you know, Habs fans are going to be coming in. I will guarantee you Leafs in six has about seven chairs that have about four feet of dust on each of them waiting for the next Stanley Cup parade down Yonge Street. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. The last Leafs Cup happened before there were push-button phones. I'll be right back. This is just pissing me off now. I'll be right back. All right. Well, what got one minute here. Australia does play hockey. It's very rare, but they do have hockey in Australia. Oh, Doug Shelby is here. The Doug Shelby has arrived, which means we can officially start our number three of this show. About time, Doug. My gosh. Hey, I want to say thank you to Shane Pascal, or pardon me, Shaq Pascal, Phil, Kira, and Cat Chaser for the awesome Super Chats. Very much appreciate the love. Thank you to all our new subscribers and everybody who's hit a thumbs up. Don't forget our Vegas party. Check out the scroll here. We want you in Vegas, May 19th through 21st for our second annual fan party. And let's go. Let's do this. Here we go.
2: Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR.
1: Third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio Talkstream Live and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davy the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the Sor Space Travelers Club. Abrosia, Abrosia is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as a clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. It is time once again where we head to the swamp
6: I used to work on the North Slope of Alaska in the oil industry. The work we were doing required us to travel far out into the Alaska Petroleum Reserve, an untamed tundra wilderness for hundreds of miles. The oil companies would build these long ice roads in the winter, leading to exploration drilling pads. Our job was to go out after they finished the initial drilling and test rock formations for their oil producing qualities. It was mid-January and the sun hadn't quite come up yet. And when I say the sun hadn't quite come up, I mean it was almost a month and a half since the last sunrise. Polar nights in Alaska are intense. We traveled to the well site about 60 miles west of Alpine, Alaska. Deep in the wilderness, deep in the mountains. Our job took a week. We finished and returned to camp to finish our hitch and go home. At the beginning and the end of the ice road are guard shacks that you must check in and out of for safety reasons. There is no cell reception and radios work only up to a certain distance. If you don't check in or out in a set time, they come looking for you to ensure you're not a popsicle. It was about 4 in the morning, not that it mattered in the land of endless night, and we were halfway across the ice road. Travel was slow as the road speed limit was only 25 miles per hour for safety purposes when something appeared on the street in our headlights. It was a man in jeans, sneakers, and a hoodie jacket, walking down an ice road in the wilderness tundra at 4 a.m. It was negative 20 degrees outside. It is common for the local Inuit people to be out this far hunting, but walking, and at this time, I don't know. Maybe his snowmobile broke down was my first thought, and he's trying to get back to the guard shack. This did seem plausible, He didn't acknowledge us as our truck rolled up next to him. He just kept shuffling forward. While not appropriate for this extreme weather, he didn't seem cold. His clothing appeared warm and dry. We also noticed he wasn't Inuit, but Caucasian. I rolled down my window and asked if he needed any help, and if he was okay. He still didn't acknowledge us. He just kept shuffling forward. His eyes were completely blank, devoid of any thought or emotion. The guys in my truck suggested that maybe he was in an accident and in shock. I continued rolling my truck alongside him as he trudged down the road, still trying to get his attention. Even in this extreme cold, I could occasionally get whiffs of a peculiar smell coming off of him. He almost smelled... how do I explain this? Acidic. Does that even make sense? There was just a lot about this guy that made the hair on the back of my neck stand up, finally. Finally. The guy behind me in the truck's crew cab had enough of all this. He rolled down his window, reached out to grab the guy. He later said he would try to shake him out of his stupor. Before my buddy's hand could even reach him, this walking popsicle spun around and latched onto my buddy's outstretched arm. He glared at my buddy and then at me with this look of pure rage, not removing his hand from his arm. If emotions had a physical temperature, this guy could have melted the entire tundra that night. My buddy groaned in pain as he tried to get his arm free from Mr. Popsicle. At that moment, this guy starts screaming in our faces. There was so much hate and rage and anger in that scream. It was terrifying. I slammed on the gas and spun out on the ice for a second before the wheels caught and launched us forward. The Popsicle dude still had a hold of my buddy's arm and was trying to pull him out of the truck. He ran alongside the car while the other guys in the cab held onto my buddy to keep him inside. Several moments... It could have only been a few seconds at most. My buddy tore free from this guy, and we hauled ass to the guard shack another 30 miles down the road. We checked in with the guards and reported what we had just encountered. The guard looked at us like we were pulling a prank, but the police had to check it out nonetheless due to protocol. My buddy's arm was sore, and when he pulled his sleeve back, there were noticeable bruises in the shape of a hand around his arm. We filed the report with the guard, and we were told to return to our camp, None of us ever wanted to talk about what happened, and the rest of the way there was very quiet. We flew home the next day. The next time we saw the guard at his shack, we asked him if he ever saw Mr. Popsicle on his patrols. He told us they searched up and down the icy road for a solid 12 hour shift and saw absolutely nothing or anyone. Not even tracks, in the snow, leading off the road. He told us it was a good prank and that he'd get us back for making him waste a shift driving around, but it wasn't a prank. Who would make up a story like that? And who would willingly bruise their arm for a dumb joke? We have yet to get a satisfying answer to what actually happened to us that evening. I still wonder about that dude, if he even was a dude at all. The Alaskan Tundra is a weird place. That was just one of the many odd stories from my time there.
1: Yes, all that northern area leading into the Yukon Northwest Territories... Is strange. Yes, we love the Swamp Dweller around here who kicks off every third hour of spaced out radio between Monday and Friday night. We love the Swamp. If you want to head over to his YouTube channel, you can hear thousands of stories like that one for free. Go to youtube.com forward slash Swamp Dweller Reads. It's just that simple. Hit subscribe on his channel, and boom, there you are. From the Swamp to the Stars. It is time once again to bring in our resident Timbit, little Timmy Seanor, and the UFO Report.
4: Nobody's going to know. They're going to know.
1: bad tim it's good to have you back on the show buddy how you been doing
5: been doing great thanks for asking how about yourself i'm not too bad my man i'm not too
1: bad at all you know the snow fell a little bit here uh i had one of my buddies uh pop by through town i went for a nice dinner with him before the show and uh, it's been pretty good it's been pretty good
5: you've got your dinner shirt on
1: I do have my dinner shirt on. I had a, a nice uh, burrito bowl with chicken tonight.
5: Fantastic. Yeah. That sounds great.
1: Yeah, my man. Uh, we had an interesting conversation with Mr. Area 51 last night. I had planned on going to bed around 9, 930. I ended up in bed at like 1245. A.M. After you stopped, him and I kept going. Him and I kept going. And I will tell you that there's some interesting things that may be coming up and coming forward with our good friend that may benefit this show, may not. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jorgen is asking, because there's been a lot of hockey talk the last few minutes, In the chat room, and Jorgen from Sweden says, "Dave, try to say Ornskoldsvik." Let's see. I think he did it. I covered the I covered the Vancouver Canucks, okay, back in the day. Marcus Naslin from Ornskoldsvik, along with Daniel and Henrik Sedin. So I'm pretty good. Uh, I think I got that right. Ornskoldsvik.
5: That was incredibly impressive.
1: Yeah. There isn't many European names I can't pronounce due to my time in sports radio. Yeah, that's a beauty of sports radio, especially covering hockey. I am excited, though, Tim. I am excited. I am a uh, uh, Jorgen gives me some thumbs up for that. I, I I have a fetish for watches. This I know. Yeah. Well, you've seen some of them cuz
2: Yeah,
5: you brought like five watches for 3 days. I did. Who does that? I I
1: know. <laughs> I know. I got I added three more to my collection today. And they Whoa. they arrived. I'm big on diesel watches. I love diesel Good watches. Point. Good brand. And
5: I like those
1: Especially the big faces and i got three yeah. i got 3 of them today bought them off of facebook marketplace and they are all in like mint condition mint and i i, I think i paid about 300 bucks for them 325 and i got about $1000 worth of watches in there if i were to buy them brand new i'm pretty happy about that pretty happy my negotiation tactics are fantastic
5: right now cash just talks so much even canadian apparently i
1: know i know here here's the interesting one my watch i'm wearing right now it is a nubio okay it's a nubio Ooh, that is a pretty watch it is and you know what this one's called there's only a thousand of these in the world, and trust me, I can't afford the big the big watches. Okay, like I okay. I, I doubt I'll ever own a a, a Rolex or or a or a uh, or Tag a Tag Hauer or or you know uh, anything like that or even a, even a Breitling, even though my dream watch is a Breitling. But this one here, my boss gave it to me. Because he knows my fear of sharks, and this watch is called the Megalodon.
5: Oh, that is so cool.
1: And if you look on the back of the watch, you'll see that it is actually in the shape of the jaws of a Megalodon
5: mouth. Yeah, that, that is super cool yeah that's super cool you would appreciate something like that so much, I totally dig that, yeah, very good
1: closest very I'm cool. getting to a megalodon right there,
5: closest <laughs> I'm <laughs> wearing getting. one on your wrist I wearing, like that.
1: wearing one on my wrist, yes, yes,
5: this guy, I'm that this guy.
1: guy, I'm that guy you are that I'm guy, that. I'm that guy, I love that, me too. I love that me too, all right, well, enough of the enough of the watch talk because I'm still pretty stoked over that. We do have some (laughs) UFOs to cover. And you got some really interesting topics for tonight. Because we have been saying for a while here, where's Lou Elizondo? Where has the man who's been the face of ufology the last three and a half, four years disappeared to? And here he is popping up on an article from the Liberation Times. Let's get to it
5: our good friend, Chris Sharp, bringing us a gem. And so, yeah, I get to kick off the new year by eating my words because I think one of my statements was, I didn't think we would be hearing from him, but here he is. And so uh, he's bringing to light uh, this. And so I'll just go through the topic. And the question is, is a UFO church committee coming to Congress? Lou Elizondo says he would support creation of a new committee to quote, get to the bottom of this enigma. And so before I dig into the story, I'll just briefly explain what a church committee is. Uh, It's a congressional committee specifically charged with investigation of abuses of power or misconduct within the government. So a very specific committee being formed for a very specific purpose Uh, And so Christopher Sharp is bringing us this hot off the presses. It was released today. And so following the signing into law of fiscal 2023 National Defense Authorization Act and its uh, UAP provisions, former ATIP director Luis Elizondo has told Liberation Times that he would support the idea of establishing a committee which could quickly and accurately get to the bottom of the the enigma. And so Liberation Times understands that various branches, agencies, and offices within the DOD and intelligence community have previously and continue to operate UAP programs, currently unknown to Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick, the current director of the UAP office, known as Aero. And so Lu Elizondo, who through Liberation Times understands, has worked with the U.S. Space Force right regarding its own UAP investigations, and so Lou goes on to comment here in a quote: "I believe that certain members of Congress are not only aware of the importance of this topic, but are aware of the previous UFO government, I'm sorry, U.S. government efforts to collect and study UAP-related information and incidents. And to continue this quote, now that Arrow is no longer under the chain of command of my old office, the OUSDI." I would support increased authorities to Dr. Kirkpatrick in order to identify all U.S. government equities, both past and present, who may have been or are currently involved in UAP studies. And so to continue the quote, during my time at ATIP, we were made aware of previous efforts, so it's only logical that Congress and Arrow be made aware of that too. And so I would support the idea to establish a committee to quickly and accurately get to the bottom of the enigma. Liberation Times understands the idea of something akin to the Church Committee of 1975, which investigated abuses by U.S. intelligence agencies, has been contemplated by members of Congress since UAP whistleblower language was published in July of 2022. And so the new Republican Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, is now reportedly ready to support a church-style committee to investigate alleged go- government abuses. And so behind the scenes, those advocating for the, an effort to identify government equ- equities and possibly illegal secretive programs relating to AAP would call for such a committee to extend and uncover further alleged abuses by intelligence agencies. And there's a few more quotes I can dig into here. Yeah, but- dig into that. Please, I would, and so to continue talking about new horizons, new hearings on the horizon. Uh, to further the quote from Lou Elizondo, he says, "I would not be surprised at all if more witnesses are called to testify before Congress before this new year is over, and my only caution would be to ensure that the integrity of the effort is maintained and not derailed by attention seekers or sensationalists within the UFO community." who rather falsely claim credit and sensationalize their involvement rather than truly facilitate and help Congress and our government get to the bottom of the issue. Hold and it so right there. Continue.
1: Hold, hold it right there for a second. Sure. Because that is a, a very powerful statement when you start yep. calling out people as sensationalists in the UFO community. Now, is Indeed. he, ta- is he talking the government UFO community that's looking into this? Or is he talking about the UFO community that at one point he wanted to kill off?
5: I think that is probably exactly what he's talking about, that latter statement there that you made. And to finalize this quote, uh, this is currently our greatest challenge, which only increases the stigma and taboo of the UAP topic. And so hopefully the carnival sideshows and the hacksters will become increasingly irrelevant as we move forward towards true disclosure.
1: Well, there's a lot to be said about those comments. There's a lot to be said. And look, I don't think it would behoove us, and please correct me if I'm wrong, Tim, I don't think it would behoove us to to be pursuing anything with the government right now because any type of whistleblower, any type of person who has knowledge or gets asked to speak in front of Congress will not be doing it publicly. This is all happening behind the scenes. So I'm not sure, and I will disagree with Lou Elizondo, that this helps disclosure. Disclosure is... And and I, I know our the majority of our audience, especially in our chat rooms, is used to us saying this. But for those who may not understand, disclosure is giving up the goods. That's giving up everything. From Roswell, previous to Roswell, straight up to today in what's happened in the UFO world. And we're not seeing that. And this is why I, I keep pushing that there is no such thing as disclosure. We have to get that word out of our vocabulary. You know, we really, really do. I want disclosure. I really do. But if we think that the government is going to be able to get away with not telling us what is going on, yet continue to investigate this, we're the only ones asking questions about this. The The mainstream media, Tim, is not touching this subject with a ten foot pole. They're not. How do we how do we get information if the media isn't touching it? Well, we do know that there are a number of longtime UFO researchers and even some of the new ones who have built up sources within the government who are getting that information out. And look, information does leak. You have to build that trust, but the information does leak. So, if it isn't the UFO community that is helping bring this story out, who is? Because the government is proving in the United States that we can't trust them for answers on this confirmation, let alone disclosure. What's your thoughts? We've got a minute.
5: Well, I am excited to hear that an aggressive committee this church committee being put together to look for some things that may be going on currently and maybe in lurking in our history and I think it's an aggressive move to put something like this together. We haven't seen a committee like this since 1975 and I think it's absolutely necessary to figure out where some of this dirty pool has been taking place.
1: And you see, I agree with Elizondo when he says we need to, we need to take care of this at Washington DC. We need to, we need some clarification here. What's going on? What's the news? What's coming out? But don't crap on the UFO community. Yes, there's some bad apples out there. There always is going to be. All right? If you're a football fan, there's some dirty football players in the NFL. Not all of them. Same thing. When we return on Space Out Radio, we're going to get about medical payouts for UFO interaction. Tim Cenor and the UFO Report. Continue on Spaced Out Radio right after this. Stay tuned. See, to me, Tim, and I like Lou. I really do. I I really do want to believe that he has does have the best intentions. Okay? I really want to believe that. But when you make comments like that, that you're going to you want to have comments within the UFO community restricted. So that way it follows more of the narrative.
5: Well, I think specifically what he's saying is that he doesn't want the effort to be derailed by attention seekers or sensationalists. OK, um, so he, he may go on to define that as sensationalists within the ufo community who rather falsely claim credit so uh, and sensationalize their involvement rather than truly facilitate and help congress and government
1: so do you think that's a shot over the bow of john greenwald stephen Greenstreet, some of the podcasts or youtube channels out there where they've been calling him out I mean, for years
5: it doesn't really say podcast community. It says UFO community. I mean, I would think that would include the entire community. You know, I don't know. Nothing screams out anything in particular here. Um, You know, I think it's, it's the squeaky wheel that gets the oil. Right. And so maybe it's those squeaky wheels that he's talking about. Um, You know, the people that obviously that just have their heads down On this topic and we don't really hear from them very often um, those are the people that are working in a positive way towards getting results the people that spend more time talking about it than doing anything for it perhaps um, is what he's talking about that are more interested in the community than the topic almost does that make sense like ufo twitter for example i mean i don't actually visit it i don't know what it is but i'm assuming it's where people talk a lot about ufo and so i think it could be that sort of thing that potentially could derail information getting to congress if it you know i i don't know i'm I'm totally hypothecating here
1: no and, and i look i mean I'm curious to see where he, where he would be going with that.
5: Yeah. I mean, is he aware of people like, um, I mean, I don't know. I don't even want to name names, but I mean, there are people that I feel potentially have their best in their selves as being their main interest. Like they don't have altruistic goals in the field. And I guess it would be, the people that do sensationalize the little nuggets of news that we get that your community understands and takes in stride, but you do see other people get out and really bandwagon that and create a whole episode on a topic. And um, I don't know, I guess profiting on it very obviously, and maybe not even going like they're soft journalists, even if they're not real journalists, I guess. Soft media people, you know, do you you know what I mean? I think you know exactly what I mean. I, I,
1: I know where you're going with that. Yeah, I know where you're going with that. And, you know, the one the one complaint I would have with Lou is he tends to be painting the entire UFO community with the same brush when it's many different brushes that need to be made. You don't hear the Grant Camerons or the Richard Dolans or the Peter Robbins or any of that 25-year-plus crew hammering him on social media about everything. You don't even hear the majority of ufology going at him. All right, what you do here is a specific crew of people who are trying to get their own questions answered. Some of them do have an agenda. All right, that they've... I mean, the documentary on Lou, take that one, for instance. You know, I mean, there was so many holes in that. It it had more holes than Swiss cheese in it. All right, but on the flip side, Mm -hmm. the one complaint that all of his naysayers have, and even many of his supporters have, is what has Lou answered? What has Lou answered?
5: So. I mean, we, we could get into it. We the, could. I, I think there are some things. I agree but with you. I yeah. Agree. Yeah.
1: I, 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 and I'm the first one to say he's left a lot of Easter eggs. You've heard me saying. I'm not going back on my words. He's left a lot of Easter eggs and a lot of reading between the lines. But we've got to pause right here. Here we go. we rounded third. We're heading for home tonight on Spaced Out Radio. My name is Dave Scott, and we're writing the UFO report. I want to remind you that if you missed most of this show or others, check out our free archives. By going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio, do old Davy the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is SpacedOutRadio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out, to Bumblefoot. Read the news wire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Tim Senor is here. We call him the Tim Bit around here with our UFO report, and we are hanging on out talking about potentially getting health benefits due to UFO incursions. What's happening here, Tim?
5: was excited to read this story so medical payouts for ufo mystery airmen following the rendlesham forest encounter and so britain's most famous ufo mystery has taken a new twist after a witness won compensation for illness he blames on exposure to radiation from the event and so u.s airman john burroughs secured the settlement after years of trying to prove his ill health caused by the encounter in Rendlesham Forest. And a former Ministry of Defense MOD official said the payout confirms that what he saw was real and had caused him physical harm. Mr. Burroughs put forward a declassified report as evidence that he had been injured during the event on Boxing Day of 1980, and he said disability coverage from the U.S. Veterans Association offered some closure but that he now wanted unrestricted access to his full medical records. And in a quote, he says Every step along the way, people have said it's not true. Some people will always say that. I don't know if I have the full answer, but no one thought I'd get this far. And so, along with Jim Peniston, he was the first to investigate mysterious lights near the East Gate of RAF Woodbridge in England. And theories include that the glow of the affordance lighthouse or an elaborate hoax and even a secret classified aircraft. But now, even though they were in the past denied access to the records dating back to 1979, in fighting his case, Mr. Burroughs used declassified study code named Project Condyne in which Rendlesham is described as an event where it might be postulated that several observers were possibly exposed to unidentified aerial phenomena, radiation.
1: And that Dave. could very well be. And, you, you know, my question is if the British government is doing this, is this setting precedent for it to all of a sudden happen within the United States or other countries of people who have had interaction? or close encounters with UFOs. You know, I mean, Rendlesham is the one we know about, Tim. You know, and that happened in 1980. We haven't heard another report since then. But if we can believe the government that they do have crash retrievals, what kind of radiation are those giving off? If we believe the government... You know, I mean, what about the American soldiers that encountered that craft at Rendleship? Because that it was a joint British-U.S. base. Still is, I believe.
5: Yeah. You, you yeah. Know?
1: So, I mean, there's a lot going on here, man.
5: There sure is. And um, that un- or declassified Condine report specifically mentions the incident and how radiation from the UAP could cause injury. And John was able to furnish that document along with a few other pieces of information dating back to the incident when a radiation reading found levels to be significantly higher than normal. And Mr. Burroughs, who suffers heart problems and has a pacemaker, said, I'm very happy we finally have some closure on this. And Condine explained that there is a phenomenon that the governments of this world are well aware of. And the question is, where it comes from and i think he's right this is pretty big
1: i think he's right too i mean look rendlesham like i said is the best case that we know of what we don't know is what's happened elsewhere what about the people or the soldiers that surrounded that craft at holloman air force base when it landed and the beings got out what happened there What's happened with, like I said, crash retrievals, whether it's at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, Area 51, Dulce, New Mexico, Dugway in Utah, there's a lot of different places, man, where this stuff could be looked at, and we have no idea. Like, does I, does, it, yeah. does this seep through? Radiation suits? You know?
5: right i just think the fact that he won this case and that he's getting access to his medical records is massive because in its own way it's kind of a win for the fact that this really took place and that there is a result from interaction with uap this should be you know another big feather in our hat this is a win not just for john burroughs but for everyone involved um It just goes to prove the validity of that case even more so.
1: The question is, will this lead to more information about Rendlesham to come out or perhaps other situations like this? Because if other retirees from the military see that they could get a pension over this, what about those that haven't disclosed what's going on yet? Great point. You know, great point. This is going to get interesting. This is going to get real interesting, as it should. As it totally should. And you know what? I agree. They do deserve to get compensation for it. They do. Yeah. You know,
5: whatever happened to the cinematic release of that? It was called Capel Green, and they even completed it, and then I never saw a release. Do you remember hearing about Capel Green? I, I honestly do not.
1: I honestly do not.
5: I was bummed when it didn't come out, but anyways.
1: Well, we do have questions, and we do have to hopefully get some answers. And good on them. I mean, that's a. I mean, to me, here's a, you know what? I'm going to tie this into something here for our audience. This is disclosure. This is a disclosure. Movement. A gentleman at Randlesham has won an award in court for his disability of being caught in radiation from a UFO. That is disclosure. What we're seeing in the U.S. has nothing to do with disclosure. Nothing. What we see here is one of the puzzle pieces that we can now turn over, find out what what color piece it is and where it matches on the board of edges, cuz so that's all we have is the edges. Would yeah. you agree would you agree with that?
5: Absolutely. I mean John Burroughs is an American airman and there were multiple Americans on scene according to his statements and others. And so I absolutely think other whistleblowers will now come forward from that case. Now that we're seeing that it's valid, you're absolutely right. But this is just getting the winch in the cockle at this point to pry it open. And I think it's going to bust wide open in that, in that case in particular, I think you're absolutely right.
1: Well, and you know what, this may, and like I said, this may be the, the keystone piece that allows other people who've had close encounters with Kraft as part of the military, part of their job to now come forward and go for that financial or health uh, award.
5: And not to mention who hasn't been following John Burroughs and his case and who doesn't know about him and what his struggle has been. So this is also just a massive win for the man. You know, and a very heroic story. And so I think it's an absolutely fantastic moment for everyone involved. It really I is. I excited to see the story.
1: It really is. All right. Final story of the night. Apparently, somewhere over Illinois, or Illinois, depending on where you are, there are a bunch of eyewitnesses who claim to have seen fighter jets escorting a UFO. What's happening here?
5: Yeah, it began when a man saw something bright in the late afternoon sky, but it wasn't a planet, a star, or anything he'd seen before. He noticed military jets in formation nearby, and the unidentified object then moved as it appeared to be fleeing from the approaching planes flying over the Illinois sky. And so the National UFO Reporting Center just shared this interesting eyewitness testimony that reportedly happened in the late afternoon hours of December 18th of 2022 and so here are the exact words from the person near Effingham Illinois regarding what they saw and so I'll quote me and my wife were standing outside I looked at the star for a good thirty seconds before telling my wife to look at it because it stood out so big and bright in the middle of this in the middle of the day and as I'm saying this, is unlike any star or planet I've seen in the middle of the day. It just disappears in the blink of an eye and then reappears. We looked and looked to see if we could see anything else, but we couldn't. The sky was clear, nothing other than one UFO and three jet planes. The three planes were all in pretty close formation in the direction of military installation, so I believe it was an Air Force exercise which happened to catch the attention of a UFO that me and my wife just happened to see. And so I believe he's referring to Chanute Air Force Base located in Champaign County in Illinois. And I would believe that the person possibly mistook another military aircraft for UFO, except that the ufo military does not have a craft that can suddenly disappear and reappear and so what entity was this and what are their intentions and what do you think of this witness report because we've heard of bright lights in the sky that appear and reappear and then have to mysteriously two or three military jets following close by it's another one of those reports dave well, what are your thoughts.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna put it this way because, once again, you and I have a friend who really wants to start talking about some of these sightings in the sky that look like they're UFOs, but really aren't UFOs. Okay, and. I think that a lot of times in a situation like this, I'm more compelled to believe that this is one of those aircraft that we're not supposed to know about that is being escorted to a different place. So, look, this could be something that is headed to Wright-Patterson. This could be something that's headed out to Utah or Area 51 in Nevada. This is where we are not going to know. The, the public is not going to know. We're going to assume it's a UFO because we've never seen that before. However, we know from our sources, we just talked to, Tim and I, last night, we know from our sources that there are a number of aircraft that will never be seen by the public that are flying in American air, airspace right now that people would consider being an unidentified flying object. But. I, okay, go <laughs> ahead, go ahead.
5: but I was going say, but, but there are that those percentages of these cases that even he says, are absolutely unexplainable. And the way some of those UFOs move um, are, are, you know, they, they fit a pretty good mold, a classification, if you will. And so things that disappear and reappear, typically, if that's really what's happening, we don't have the tech for. And so something like this, if it legitimately is reappearing and disappearing, more than likely... I mean, even in our friend's opinion, would probably be something special. You don't uh, don't think we have
1: cloaking technology?
5: Well, cloaking and legitimately disappearing and reappearing. Yes, you could cloak something. um, But something that is hovering and is a bright light that disappears and then reappears 15 miles away almost instantaneously, if it is truly the same object, we don't have that. Right, we don't have the ability to travel that quickly in that amount of time and stop on a dime. we I don't believe that we do with having a human on board at least. So my point is that there's still that percentage, and even our friend admits that there's a, a small percentage of things that is still potentially not ours, and he is also a true believer in the possibility of being that we are being visited. So it's those cases that I still hold out for. And he does too. And so do you. And that's why we're all still talking about it. Because even in the days of Richard Doty, where it was his job to disinform the UFO community, and there are still obviously people still planted in the community doing that. And when you hear somebody just say blanketly, all this stuff that you're seeing is just our tech, that is exactly what Richard Doty was doing in the 90s and on through the early 2000s and could still be doing today, even though he's retired, quote unquote. So I'm always eyes open on every case, Um, even the beams of light that, you know, are more than likely frost crystals in the air, casting lights over the skies of Las Vegas. I'm still open to new information that could prove me wrong. The skies of Russia, the things that I'm seeing over there. Well, I'm open to anything there. I'm not close enough to know. And so, when there's multiple reports that look good, I'm all over it. I'm open to it. And so, this is another one I'm open to. But yes, potentially it could be ours, and I'm always open to that possibility.
1: You know, you know what sucks is I used to have that same attitude until we met our friend, and now it's kind of like, oh, really, really. Now I got to be more skeptical. I, you know, you're cutting into my woo time here. You know, and I don't like. My I woo think this
5: time. is healthy for you. I think this is a healthy way for you. I mean, think this is be. very good. It, it, it's going to balance you because for me, it, it balances me too. I think we need that balance. Everyone needs that balance, but at the same rate, you can't blanketly believe everything any one source says. You can't even believe your own eyes. I saw something incredible with nine family, eight family members and myself, nine witnesses. I still don't know if that, I don't, I still, can't, I have no idea. I have no idea what it was. So, yeah, it's a tough topic. It is a tough topic, especially, you know, with, with your experience, that is much more up close and personal. And so I'm surprised for someone that has your kind of background to accept what our friend says is that everything is potentially ours. Like you should be the first guy that's like, no way, because I just met this guy. His name is Carl and he has blue eyes and they're this big and his skin is green and he glows. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, so, you I, know.
1: oh, trust me. I did bring up the landing to him. I did. And I said, well, you know what? I don't think the U S government is going to land a craft and have its lights turn on and off at my command in Mission, British Columbia. I don't think that's going to happen. I really don't. I think they have 300-plus million citizens that they could have that experience with over some uh, Canadian dude, you know? So at least that's the way I'm portraying it. And, And you know what? You know, our friend has has really opened up our eyes to to what what's going on there and what's happening. And, and you know what? It is a little disheartening because you get he and we should tell the public specifically. A lot of our conversations that we have with this person and Tim's had them, I've had them, and we've had them together. A lot of it is no comment. A lot of it is I can't comment on that. I will not break my NDAA on that. I will not break anything on that.
5: We're a- pretty a- good now, though, <clears> throat> about throat> knowing what. Yeah. But, but he still shuts us down. Yeah. He
1: shuts us down quite a bit. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, he's got to protect himself. He's got to protect his family, his retirement package, and the oath that he swore on. He has to. You know, but <clears throat> it's all part of what comes together. It's all part of what comes together, my man. It's been a very, yeah. very intriguing UFO report.
5: It has. Thank you for the uh, for the conversation again and your chat also. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure.
1: The chat has been lighting it up lately. They've been doing a great oh, yeah. job. They've been doing yeah. a great job, except for that uh, Leafs and Six guy. You know, anybody oh, who, right. will, you know, the only thing the Leafs could do in six games is lose a series. I'm just going to say that.
5: I'm a soccer fan.
1: Well, you know, everybody just kidding. I'm
5: not, I'm not a soccer fan. actually. I just had the six. I know you hate it. <laughs>
1: it's the antichrist of
5: sports. I don't have time for sports, buddy. I wish I did, but Hey, as soon as my kid is old enough, he'll be playing soccer. I promise.
1: That's terrible. Why wish that on a child? Do you not like your children?
5: Is no, that what he can play to- hockey if he wants, but I don't know. He calls them sissies, and he's just—I don't know. I'm just kidding. That's that's that is the, a joke. That's it. That's it. He's Vegas he never,
1: glo- now that Vegas has ice in it, the gloves are coming uh-oh. off. You, you, and, you and, you and me, on. Timbit. You and me.
5: It's on. I'm going to give you my Popeye muscles. It's, it's on.
1: Oh, you're driving me nuts. Thanks, Tim Sinor for a great UFO report. We'll talk to you in a couple days' time. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thaw rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio, rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at home, at work, in your cars, wherever you may be thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, LGAP, Facebook, Spreaker, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter at hashtag SpacedOutRadio. Remember, this show is copyrighted by SpacedOutRadio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us. Because together, my friends, we're watching. We own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available, your tickets never expire, and if you want to bring a friend, we've got room for them too. Good night.